Hello and welcome to the Big Talk Small Vertical Podcast. I'm Dallin. I'm Bryce. And we are coming to you on a very special Yao Ming Dynasty kind of night. Mm. But uh, more on that later. Um, no sense of wasting any time. Let's get right into it. Let's begin the show by starting it. What do we got in the newsroom? Um, we've got one trade. Ooh, uno? Just one, yep. And, uh, and it has to involve either me or Benson. Uh, maybe. We'll find out later. <laughs> and then we got a bunch of ad drops. Um, so we'll hit the ad drops first. Okay. Started out with Rainbow Riders dropping Bryn Forbes and adding Josh Hart. He's mm. been added and dropped a lot. Yao Ming Dynasty dropped Grayson Allen and added Derek Jones Jr. I liked that. Derek Jones Jr. was good for me. He's a good He's defensive pretty, stats guy. Yeah. Um... Highlanders drop Cody Zeller, added Kendrick Nunn. He had Zeller for a little while. He did. A couple weeks. He did. Cody Zeller's kind of good. He's Yeah, when he, and he's been healthy this year, which has been a problem for his career. Yeah. East Mace Trading Company dropped Nikhil Alexander-Walker and added Kira Lewis. The Flock dropped Bobby Portis and added Saban Lee. East Mace Trading Company added Devin Vassell. The Flock added Eric Bledsoe. Highlanders dropped Kendrick Nunn and added Jared Vanderbilt. Rainbow Riders dropped Josh Hart, added Bobby Portis. Avatar on Blu-ray dropped Danny Green and added Jalen Brunson. Kevin getting in on the action there. Yeah, he is. Uh, Yaming Dynasty dropped Derek Jones Jr. Rainbow Riders dropped Dylan Brooks and added Kendrick Nunn. East Mesa Trading Company dropped Xavier Tillman and added Nick Claxton. East Mesa Trading Company dropped Kira Lewis Jr., added Isaac Okoro, and the Super Zombies dropped Eric Gordon and added Avika Zubach. Okay. Anything um, jump out to you there? Um, you adding Claxton and Okoro seems savvy. I kind of like both those guys. Um, Okoro's a rookie. He I don't know that his game is very fantasy-friendly. I think he might be like a good real-life defender. Yeah. But he gets a ton of minutes. He has been getting a lot um, of run. In part because the team's bad, but also in part because he he's one of the better defenders on the team. Yeah. And sometimes that turns into something. Like, OG Ananobi was a bad fantasy guy for a couple of years, but he was a good defender, so he stayed on the court, and the game just kind of filled out, and now he's really valuable. Yeah. So, will Isaac Okoro follow that same path? Who knows? Good. Maybe he'll be Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and never be anything, but it's, it's an interesting play. And then Nick Claxton, I think, has some upside. And he plays center for a team that desperately needs a center. Yeah, I feel bad about that one. I told Benson at one point, yeah, I'll probably never pick up Nick Claxton. And then I picked up Nick Claxton. Well, I told both you and Benson to pick up Nick Claxton. He, he picked him up and dropped him. And and then I waited and he came back. Now he's all got yours. Um, no, he, like I said, I think he's got some upside. I don't know if he'll, it'll ever become anything, but he's worth carrying. Well, with my team, I'm not really risking a whole lot to watch him. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else? Uh, nope, that's all the ad drops. Uh, we did have one trade. All right. Um, it was what Malik Beasley. So I, I, yeah, the, the East Mesa Trading Company sends Malik Beasley to the flock in exchange for Taylor's 2022 first rounder. Well, yes. I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like that's what I got. It was a first round pick. Yes. And I feel like it was Taylor's. Yeah, I just can't. I'm, I'm a little iffy on the year. Yeah, that's what it is. Taylor's 2021 first round pick. 2021 20, or 22? 22, excuse 22. me, 22. 
Hell, I don't know. I, I liked it. I mean, I, I, that was the intent with Malik Beasley. He's been a top 40 player for me for stretches of the season. He's been really good. Kind of wasted on my team. Will it continue? Is it sustainable? I don't know. I wanted to get out from underneath him while I could, and he had some perceived value. I just feel bad about what happened the following day. Yeah, so he got arrested like a year ago. And then they said, oh, he'll pay for all this in the offseason. And then... Well, I mean, maybe that was his like his like court sentence will be the off season. Oh, I've heard about what I finally heard what happened. Uh, there was like some family who was like like touring houses in his neighborhood and pulled over in front of his house and were like looking at their phone. And then he came out with a rifle and pointed in their face and told them to drive off. And then aimed it at them while they drove away. And that can the happen. That could have happened to anybody in any part. And then of and then the police showed up and they tried to take off. And then he got caught with a gun in his car. Oh. So, anyway, the point is he's suspended for 12 games. That's, what, three weeks Yeah, of fantasy? If you're lucky, it's probably closer to three and a half. He's uh, He's been really good. I do... I mean, he didn't have much trade value, as I'm sure you saw. I think everybody kind of views him as, like, he'll probably be a backup point guard long term. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like... I don't know. I mean, he was... But he's been good. He's been good. Even when uh, Russell was healthy, he was getting huge stretches of minutes at the two and three, and... Uh, but, like, but the problem is it's, like, on, like, the worst team in the NBA. And yeah. how does that team get better? It's not by getting better at center. Yeah. They've got Anthony Edwards, so he's probably cemented in there for a while. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell cemented in there for a while, and so and where are they going to improve? Yeah. I don't know. Improve, I assume, on my Malik Beasley. Maybe, so. but he's been he's been really good. If he keeps it up, then who knows? But uh, yeah, it is the worst team in the NBA, and they do need to improve. And you're right. I mean, I don't know. That's probably where they should start looking. But also at the four, I don't know who. I don't know, but but they're not going to draft a four. Probably there's not. not a four to draft that yeah. early. Now maybe their pick goes to Golden State, and so they just basically run it back next year. In which case, Malik Beasley is more secure. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I said, I, I just the team has a lot of problems, and my guess is Malik Beasley will be identified as a problem. And right. I mean, really, I, I think D'Angelo Russell is probably a bigger problem, especially when you factor in contract, but. We'll see what happens to the guy. I mean, from the minute his feet touched the ground in Minnesota last year, he's been pretty dang reliable. So um, next year going forward, I have no idea what the future holds. But up till now, he's been been pretty good in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I genuinely, it is, it is I genuinely kind of do it. feel bad, though, that like the, the following day after the trade that he got suspended. I'm like, oof. I had no idea that was I kind of think that the flock had it coming for targeting such low-character players, you know? That's what you get. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, uh, it, it's kind of an interesting fit because he's mostly threes mm-hmm. and points, and those aren't necessarily the strong points for the flock. Um, but that not doesn't mean that the flock be style, securing... Though is... He likes to get guys on a, on, a, on what he feels is a discount, and, and maybe he sees Malik Beasley getting better than this, and he can flip him for more. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get better, but having a full year of sustained success could potentially raise his value in the eyes of others. In the but you're right. That is how he thinks, and that's how he manages, and it's not a crazy thing to think. It's not crazy to think that he will have more value in the offseason than Taylor's 2022 pick, which I think most people probably perceive as a late first round pick especially if taylor keeps climbing the, the rankings this year yeah so yeah well i'm happy about um, but i get trade. it from your standpoint because 
you know, a draft pick's a draft pick, and it can always go right. And I think there's a lot of value in just putting yourself in a position where you can get lucky. And you need to get lucky, but you're, you can only get lucky with a draft pick if you have a draft pick. Mm-hmm. You can't win if you don't play. That's right. So I needed to get more draft capital in the 22-23 draft, and I did that in the last two trades. Picked up a couple first-rounders, so I'm happy with the direction that that's going in. Um Anyways, especially guys like Malik Beasley and Pirtle, I picked up off the waivers. I held them for a little longer, but mm-hmm. paid off. Um, anything else you want to add in the news for the news segment? Nope. Okay, well, we can move into the weekly awards. Um, we've got the MVP of the week. I'm number one. You're number two. The MVP for last week... Um, kind of cheated. He had a five-game week. Oh wow! I don't know that we've ever had that. That's incredible. Um, Brad Beal. Uh, he's worthy of a number one spot once in a while, maybe. Uh, yeah, no. Brad Beal's been great. He five games is certainly going to vault him there, though. One hundred and seventy-four points. Oh my gosh! Thirty rebounds, twenty-eight assists, seven steals, and one block with ten three-pointers. Um, 18 turnovers is mm-hmm. a lot, but he also played a lot of games. Shot 52% from the field and 30, or excuse me, 93% from the line, 40 of 43. That's yeah. a lot of. So that's a great week. I'm sure that helped Bram uh, nail down a few categories. Yes. Last week, yes. Um, actually, he was going up against the number two player, PJ Washington. Who oh. I would. That was the big surprise when I was looking at the list. But, <laughs> but uh, no, P.J. Washington was not enough. No. Brad, Bradley Beal, number one. Well, hey, uh, good for Bram and good for the Rainbow Riders. A rainbow forever that won't fade away. And we've got the, unless you want to add anything else on Brad Beal, nope. the rookie. Of the week. Oh, I will say the season premiere of the Rookie Sunday, January third on ABC. Um, I feel like you're going to say something. Yeah, no. Not only did Brad Beal play five games, but he played 37 minutes a game. That's a lot of minutes for one week. Oh man, that's a lot. Um, but mo- rookie, rookie of the week. Who do we got? The rookie of the week last week was Tyrese Halliburton, who on average last week was fifth. That's great. He put up 20 points, 4.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 3.5 steals, half a block, and three three-pointers on 45.5% field goal and 80% free throw. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle. I mean, I never thought he'd be this good. Nope. And I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, he is, like, what I would have imagined his upside to be in his career is what he's already done. So halfway through his rookie season, that's yep. that's uh, definitely. And we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew that in this ba- draft that we said was going to be a bad draft, we knew that there was going to be a guy or two mm-hmm. that kind of broke free from the pack and was better than we could have imagined. Yeah, and he seems to be that guy. So far, so, so good. So far, at least. So. Cool. Uh, we have one more award to hand out, and that's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, um, best guy on the waiver wire not added. That player was the uh, perpetually disappointing Dennis Smith Jr. Last he, week, last week he was the twenty seventh ranked player. 
He did, he's done more for the waiver wire than he ever did for my team or Josh's team combined. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> last week he had 49 points, 14 rebounds, 18 assists, 7 steals, and 4 blocks. That certainly, certainly could have been useful to somebody. Yeah, 7 steals, 4 blocks is a lot. Um, 6 three-pointers, 47% from the field, and 1 of 2 from the line. He's in Detroit? He's in Detroit. He's kind of the starting point guard. I mean, they've got Saban he Lee. He and Saban Lee are kind of... Yeah, I considered adding him actually this morning when I was looking at this. But I mean, it's probably not a bad ad. It's speculative, speculative, but it is, I don't know. I just feel like I know that he's not very good. I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard to pick that up sometimes, but yes. he might. But he was great last week until Killian Hayes comes back. And again, I don't know if, they, what Killian Hayes. Or they bring be. in like an actual point guard. Maybe. It's I think a, I think Killian Hayes needs a little more of a. Sample size before they make a decision. Yeah, I also think he's not a point guard. He might not be. He, um, we'll find out. Who knows what's going on in Detroit? Uh, probably not Detroit. No, not Detroit. <laughs> Detroit does not know. Um, anything else to add on these guys? Um, the waiver wire, the rookie, or the MVP? No, sir. Okay. Um, well, that would move us into uh, this week's on again, off again segment. Of the rookie ladder. Uh, do we we count start at the the back end and go move up to one? Ah, uh, we can do that. I don't know what we've done in the past, but that seems right. Yeah, that sounds great. So we'll start at the number five rookie. Okay, we're only going to do five. Uh, sure, you know, we can do however many we want. Well, I don't know if we... How, well, let's start, how, let's, how, start, let's start at number one, and then we'll go through. Okay. Um, so the top rookie this year so far is, perhaps unsurprisingly, Tyrese Halliburton, who we talked about earlier. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We fill it, we wonder, we rifle it. Sweet, sweet music. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's sitting at number 31 on the season. 13.2 points, 3.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 1.4 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.43s. He's shooting 49.4% and 833 <laughs> And only 1.5 turnovers. That's pretty good. It's good. Really nice assist numbers. Really nice steal numbers. Really nice three-pointers. Great field goal percentage. I would worry that that's probably not going to stay as high as it is, considering he's shooting a lot of threes. Yeah. I um, I haven't broken down his numbers. I don't imagine he gets to the rim very often. That's not really his game. Every now and then, it's not like un. It's not like it's never happens. It does a couple times a game, but it's definitely not his go-to. Yeah. Um, I think one reason that his field goal percentage is higher than most or some is that he's really smart, and he takes really clean looks. He doesn't. He doesn't take like a double guarded fadeaway. Mm-hmm. He takes open looks. Yeah. So that definitely plays a factor. Um, um, been a great season for Tyrese Halliburton. He's uh, played 30 games and he's playing averaging 30 minutes a game. Yeah, I think he's averaging more minutes than any rookie. I think Lamelo's starting to get more on a nightly basis, but it didn't start that way. Um, Isaac Okoro is playing oh, 33 right. minutes per game. Okoro. Okoro. Uh, number two, number two is Lamelo Ball. Good for good for uh, good for me. Mm-hmm. Fifteen point three points, six point zero rebounds, six point three assists, 
1.5 steals, those are all high, all of those numbers are higher than Halliburton. 0.4 blocks, which is still a nice number from a guard. 1.83s, um, shooting 44% and 81%. We did not think he'd be shooting that well. No, nope. Um, I think that his numbers have, I think Halliburton's numbers are kind of like closer to Halliburton's ceiling. Um, and Lamelo's are closer to his. At least the counting stats are closer to the floor. I agree. If I, I mean, if I had to choose between the two to put on my team, I would take Lamelo Ball. I, think pretty, most I, I would, would. I'd pretty comfortably say yeah. Lamelo Ball. Um, he also has two point eight turnovers, but still, you know, it's it's a really good season. Like he's ranked number fifty seven on the season, only twenty eight minutes a game, almost twenty nine. But that's certainly a number I would expect to go up. Um, Agreed. Later in the season, and certainly going forward in his career, the one point five steals are really good. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that like he didn't ever play defense before he got to the NBA. He might not be a good defender, but I would expect him to put up steals mm-hmm. because he's smart. Like he understands mm-hmm. how basketball is supposed to be played and where people are supposed to go. Yep. And because he understands all of that, he understands where the other team's going and where the passes are going, and he's got long arms. Yeah, he's got good physical tools, and when I watch uh, Charlotte, he's usually got a pretty tough defensive assignment. It's not like they stick him on some guy that's in the corner. So he's not the best defender, but they trust him enough to, to improve on it. And he does get in the lane, and he does, like you said, he knows where to be. So, Yeah. Uh, nope. Wonderful season from Lamella Ball. Uh, Trace? Next up is actually the unrostered Xavier Tillman. He's number three on the season? He's number three on the season, um, although that's way worse than the other guys we're talking about. We went from number 57 down to number 157. Yeah. Um, Recent, uh, recently dropped by the East Mason Trading Recently company. dropped by the East Mason Trading Company. Um, he is putting up 7.4 points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.6 blocks, 0.43s, shooting 52% and 74% and a little under one turnover. I really like the guy, but I just don't see how that gets better. I think that, like, like Jaron Jackson's going to come back. Valanciunas isn't going anywhere. Brandon Clark is getting better each day. Tillman is just a, a spot filler. Yeah, I think he will be a smart, useful rotation player for the rest of his career and probably not ever fantasy viable. Yeah. It's very, very likely. And I kind of realized that this week and was like, eh, time to move on. Yeah, like, like the upside is Daniel Tice. Yeah. And if that's like the best you can be. He'll in a be rostered of years, off and on. Yeah, he'll probably be rostered off and on. And he'll make, I don't know, 30 or $40 million. So good for him. Yeah. Um, next up, he also like, like, I read all those numbers and I don't really have anything to say on any of them. Yeah, They're it's, it's like, very meh. Very bland. Um, Emmanuel Quickly at number 177. I'm not going to play that every time because I could get really annoying because I have so many of these guys, but I'll play it once or twice because I've earned it. You've got a few. Um, 18 and a half minutes. He's putting up 12.2 points, 2.3 rebounds, 2.4 assists, half of a steal, 0.3 blocks. 1.73s shooting 39.5% and then 94% from the line. Yeah. Um, one turnover. Nothing really there jumps out. Nice free throw percentage. Yeah. And that's on three, a little over three attempts a game, 3.2. So, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. And the, it's, 
it's very much point guard by committee committee in New York. They've got Peyton, they've got Derek Rose now, and Nilakina gets a handful of minutes, and then quickly, and then Thibodeau is not really known to play his rookies, so yeah. it's 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 a little bit of an uphill battle for him to get much more minutes than this. But when he does, he usually does pretty well with it. They they they've been trending down. His last five games were. 16, 13, 20, 13, and 9 minutes. Yeah. So with Rose in town, I think that probably makes him, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably the end of Emmanuel quickly. I don't know if he's been, I don't know where he goes from here. Maybe he ends up a starting point guard. I generally am worried about point guards because, as I've talked about before, there are only 30 starting point guards mm-hmm. in the NBA. And if you're not one of the 30 best point guards in the NBA, then you're coming off the bench and you're probably yeah. not very good. His 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 upside, and this is like a long shot, is like a Lou Williams type or a Jamal Crawford type. Like if he can keep that hot shooting up, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like J.R. Smith if you want to get streaky with it. Yeah. Well, and he just he doesn't really get assists. Yeah. Which is a problem if you're right point guard size. Um, but I can't see anybody on the waiver wire I'd rather have than him right now. So I'll hold yeah. on to him for a little bit. Might as well because crazier things have happened. Yeah. Uh, that's fourth, fifth on the fourth, list. Fifth on the list, um, actually plays for the Yao Ming Dynasty. It's a very self-serving podcast we have. Yes, it is. What a segment. Um, <laughs> nope, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay is ranked number one eighty-five on the season. He's putting up 9.8 points, 4.0 rebounds, 1.0 assists, 0.6 steals, uh, 0 blocks, which is nice. Um, he's really getting his value from the threes, 2.2 pointers per game, 0.7 turnovers. Only shooting 41% and then 85% from the line. The The difference, is, the reason that he's rostered at all is because the minutes are going way up. He's 22 a little le- 22 minutes, um, but lately it's been 32, 32, 31, 33, 30, 32, 32. And so when you take that three-point shooting and ramp it up to 30 minutes a game, he turns into a fantasy viable player. Yeah. Um, I like Sadiq Bey. He's got some potential. Um, see what happens to the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really like the way that you talked about Sadiq Bey today on the podcast. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say, Bryce? I love Sadiq Bay. So that rounds out the top five, I believe. Um, I'm curious, though. Uh, where, where are some of those higher-end rookies that we didn't mention? Where's Anthony Edwards? Um, Anthony Edwards is down. He's been trending upwards, certainly, but he's still down at number 230, about 15 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists, um, 0.8 steals, 0.4 blocks. He's been playing quite a few minutes, though. He's about 29 minutes, so those defensive stats are maybe a little concerning. If he can't put up a steal in 29 minutes, when, then it might always be an issue. Yeah, when, when will it happen? Yeah, he is making 1.9 threes. Uh, the field goal percentage is still pretty brutal at 37%. Mm. But 80% from the line. He doesn't get to the line as often as you would like. Um, only 2.4 attempts. 
it it doesn't make any sense for somebody with his body to be a three point shooter. He should be driving the lane. But he's been trending upwards, and I would be pretty optimistic about Anthony Edwards at this point. I would be too. I, I started out pretty low on him, but I'm I would be um, pretty optimistic at this point. Um, uh, the other ones I'm kind of curious about James Wiseman um, for the Warriors. James Wiseman is ex- right behind him at. 231, 12 points, 5.9 rebounds, 0.6 assists, 0.4 steals, 1.1 blocks. Um, All that coming in 20 minutes. So you would certainly think that the blocks would go way up if he, you know, becomes the thing that you're hoping he becomes. The free throw percentage is a problem at 63%. Obviously, that's not a problem for Ben. But, I don't know, I feel like people th- think of him as, like, this, like, stretch big who makes threes. And he is making 0.4, but I don't think that's a good offense for him to be shooting threes. Yeah. Like, that that was always kind of the thing with him was, like, he doesn't really know what he's supposed to be. He should just be a role man who dunks it a lot. But he doesn't like doing that. He likes shooting jump shots. He looks good when he does do it, though. Lots of people look good shooting. When they no, when, when when he's uh, rolling. Oh, yeah, team. when he's rolling, he's great at that. He's looking he's good. big, and he's athletic. Um, I am also curious about Patrick Williams, because when we talked about him on the Winning Ain't Toto pod, it was kind of like a, we didn't think he'd be this good, but he's been kind of good. So is he still trending in that direction? Yeah, he's been pretty solid. Sitting at 179 on the year, um, 10 points, 4.9 rebounds, 1.2 Assist. His real strength comes from the defensive stats, 0.8 steals and 0.7 blocks. Um, 0.93s is fine, I guess. 46% from the field, 81% from the line, only on two attempts. Um, he's playing 28 minutes a game. So if he ends up a guy, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up a guy at some point who's giving you one steal, one block, and one three. And that's a pretty good place to be yeah i i'm 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 pretty optimistic about him Winning isn't everything. and josh should be too um the last well i was gonna ask about two more actually um somebody that you projected to be the rookie of the year this year um where are we at right now with the ob Toppin experiment um ob Toppin's actually been playing a little bit better he still hasn't been very good though um, sitting down at number 338. Uh. Um, but uh, he just he just doesn't get a whole lot of run. Maybe, not, maybe it's next year for him. Maybe it's next year. I would I, I would worry because the reason that I picked him to be rookie of the year is because I thought they would just give him a whole bunch of minutes and he would come out and score a lot. And but I don't I wasn't ever really that high on his long term projection. So if it was more, the short it was, term is looking bad, it was then. more of a short term. So if the short term is bad, then I I would worry. Um, I just don't know that he's really made for the modern NBA. Maybe not. He sure looked good last year at Dayton, though. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Nope. Uh, the last one I was going to ask about is somebody that's still rostered um, in the league. How do you go about pronouncing his name? Denny of Dia of Dia. Are you asking him about him exclusively because of the sound drop? Um, it's, it plays a plays a part, but he is rostered, and he was a number nine pick, and I think people might be kind of curious. Where he he's is at. rostered. He's playing 
a little more than 21 minutes. Um, he's ranked number 267 on the season. Um, Let's dragging him down. Hold on a second. Um, six points, four and a half rebounds, 1.4 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.2 blocks, 1.03s, 42%, and 58% from the line. It's not great. It's not good. Um, Is this kind of what we thought worst case scenario was for him? Um. Maybe not worst case scenario, but maybe no, expected like I, scenario. This is kind of what I was expecting. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big Danny Abdia fan. Yeah, but I do like the sound drop. Yeah, it's a great sound drop. And, and, I, and I genuinely like Brandon, so I hope it works out for Brandon. But yeah, but I mean, the shooting issues seem like that we were expecting seem to be there, and there's just like there's not a single stat on that line that makes me think, oh yeah, he's good at that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, well, that's it. Anything else you want to mention on rookies? That's all the questions I have, I think. Nope. Um, Isaac Okoro getting a ton of minutes, not doing much, but he's been good lately. Cole Anthony. Um, oh, yeah, Cole Anthony. Ranked number 250 in 26 minutes a game. I think he's that shooting, number would be higher if he didn't get hurt. He's shooting 37%. Um, that's in, what, 25 games? Yeah. Is that averages or totals? That's This is averages. Oh. Um, but you know, a lot of the some of those averages are going to be dropped, dragged down by the games where he's playing minimal minutes because right. with uh, Fultz. But like I said, it, that's still twenty six and a half minutes, so it's not nothing. Well, Bryce, um, I'll ask you one question here. Uh, you have the number one pick, and you're picking from all these rookies. Who do you take number one? Ball. Without hesitation, Lamelo. Yeah, no, it's Lamelo Ball for sure. All right. Um, well, if we're done with that, then it's time to move on to the next beautiful part of the program. Podcast pick them. So uh, let's go ahead and look at. I'm going to bring up the spreadsheet and uh, we will discuss last week's results here. So I've got on last week, we've got. Uh, I've, I've earned seven points and you got 13. Mm. So you nearly doubled what I did. Nearly. I am up to 56 points on the season, and you're at 69. Giggity. Uh, let's go over those matchups. Let's re- let's revisit what was a week in a week in review. Um, and you came out victorious on Boom Shakalaka 8-1. Tell me what what uh, played the major role in that for you. Um, well, we had a, a few things going on. Obviously, injuries matter. That needs to be discussed every time. Blake Griffin didn't play. DeAndre Hunter didn't play. Um, Aaron Gordon didn't play. Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play. Um, so that was that, that That was not great. You know who else didn't play? Hmm. Bryce. And he didn't play around. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's He got true. right to business. Um, I had, I had a, Porzingis didn't play. Um, Kyrie missed a game. He only played two games. 
Um, Tobias Harris only played a game and a half. So there did was he get issues. hurt or did they just, or obviously? Yeah, he hurt his knee or something. Mm. Like it's just like a bruise. They they said not serious. It's there's no structural damage, but he's missed. I want to say two, three games in a row because he didn't play t- again tonight. That's although worrisome. He's questionable. I'm not too worried. Though they they don't seem to be worried about it, so I'm not worried about it. I, he'll probably be back next game, maybe the game after that. Um, and then Oladipo missed a game or two. Okay. But um, my the best player on the Yaming Dynasty last week was DeAndre Ayton, largely off his percentages, 79 points, 32 rebounds, only five assists, but three steals, six blocks, nine defensive stats is a lot, and he shot 68% and 88%. So, super efficient guy. Uh, he was number eight for the week. So that was good stuff. I mean, number eight on the week, he, I mean, you must be feeling pretty good about that Shea Gilgis Alexander trade. Um, Dallin mentioned that because Shea Gilgis Alexander was number seven on the week. <laughs> also had a great week. You just can't seem to win that uh, one. I'm, I'm, Not yet. At I least, am very happy with DeAndre Ayton. Um, Sadiq Bey, who we talked about earlier, led my team in three pointers with twelve. That was the one category that Boom Shakalaka won was three pointers. He had sixteen from Buddy Heald. 14 from James Harden, and 13 from Steph Curry. So what you're trying to say... And 9 from Lou Dort. So what you're trying to say is that you got some great play out of one Sadiq Bay. Yep. Just stay out of my way. You'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? Sorry. No. I'm, I'm trying to like introduce it. the league to a new sound drop. I, I like it. You, got, you needed to repeat it. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Um, but the closest, there wasn't a whole lot of close categories. Field goal percentage wasn't that close. Free throw percentage was close. Uh, I actually, Sunday I sat Bagley and Noel to, to lock up. Savvy move? Um, actually, I don't think either of them even shot a free throw, mm-hmm. so I don't think it mattered. Got it. Um, but that's okay. He, um. Rebounds were about thirty, which isn't that close. That was that was about it. Free throws were close. Threes he won by twelve, so that wasn't very close. Mm. Yeah, not a very suspenseful week. Jimmy Butler was really good, seventy-five, twenty-two, and twenty-seven with five steals, two blocks, ninety-three um, percent from the line. On you won volume. turnovers with all those guys he had sitting. Yeah, that's impressive. Oh, uh, I had a lot of. Guys sitting, I just had a lot of guys that just didn't turn the ball over. Victor Oladipo had zero turnovers on the week. Um, Kyrie only had four, whereas James Harden had 16 and Steph Curry had 13. Jeez. So. That is a punt category for Jordan. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they do on average, but. I don't. It, it's a problem. Um, he did have some really great games, though. Steph Curry, 106 points, 22 rebounds, eight, um, 30 assists, 8 steals. 13 threes, bad field goal percentage, um, 41%, but 95% from the line. Um, yeah. And Lou Dort was good, too. 48, 15, and 7, but he had nine three-pointers. Is um, Lou Dort good? I don't think so. He's, he's worth playing, rostering. Playing well this year so far, yeah. the last couple of weeks at least. Yeah, he's been all right. All right. Um, and then Miles Turner with nine blocks and three steals. Nine blocks was the the high for the week in this matchup, but uh, how many rebounds did Miles Turner have? Twenty two, which is the same amount as Jimmy Butler. 
and only one more than Sadiq Bey. So what you're trying to say... I'm just kidding. Uh, that's great. Um, anything else you want to add on Yaming Dynasty versus the Boom? Nope, that'll do it. The Boom Shaka Laka? Well, congratulations, Bryce, on an 8-1 victory. I think it's your biggest of the year. I might have had another 8-1 or a 7-2 or something like that. Yeah, a 7-2. I went through them earlier. Okay. Um, you had 8-1. But that's exactly what you needed. Yes. So good for you. It, it If you win like 6-5-4 or lose 4-5 like 5 or 6 times in a row and then win an 8-1, you've got a winning record. So Yeah. Yeah, working an eight one in is a big deal. It's a it's a that's certainly helpful. Um, next matchup we have Avatar on Blu-ray versus the Keyboard Cat, and I believe that was a Keyboard Cat victory, and uh, he won five four. Mm-hmm. And we all say, Oh well, I never was there. Alex reminded me. Um, it's it's been a while since I played that, so found a reason. Uh, what went right for Keyboard Cat? Because I they've been pretty injured, and to win five four is impressive. Well, it was it was pretty darn tight. Um, Keyboard Cat won both percentages fairly comfortably. Um. Well, as we discussed, he, he has field goal percentage kind of uh, figured out. He's 48% last week. Yeah. That's good, but it's not great. Uh, he won well, that's back low by about... Him. Yeah, that's low. He won by about two points. Mm-hmm. Won free throw percentage by about three points. Against Kevin, that's that's impressive. Yes, he should be pretty good at free throws. Um, it was really... Danny... Danny Green and uh, Jalen Brunson dragging him down, but really it's uh, it's kind of oh Luka Doncic. Never mind, Luka was the problem. He shot forty four percent from the line last week. Oh, that's right. He has Luka, and Luka doesn't shoot free throws well, which is weird. Like I keep waiting for him to fix that. Yeah, but um, he hasn't done it yet. Hasn't done it yet. Um, but the the closest category was assist, which was one twelve to one thirteen. In okay. favor of Keyboard Cat. So that one could have spawned real easily. Yeah. Um, but Keyboard Cat won rebounds by 100, blocks by 20. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, there, there were a lot of categories that weren't very close. Avatar on Blu-ray won three-pointers by more than double, 78 to 35. Mm. And he won points by 80. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, had a really nice week out of Luka, minus the free throws. Um, 98 points, 26 rebounds, 24 assists, 15 three-pointers, um, five steals and four blocks. That's a really nice defensive stats from Luka. Shot 48 from the field and 44 from the line. Jeez. Um, he's definitely uh, needs to improve that free throw, but everything else is sharp. I, I still think he's going to fix the free throw. I, he's got to he's, at some point, I don't right? Know. I mean, LeBron never really did. Oh. It's true. It's weird, but is it just those players that that are doing everything for their teams? They're just exhausted when they get a minute to rest at the line. They just I don't think so. Because like Kawhi and Jimmy Butler are both really good at it. Jokic and yeah, like they're it's just I don't know. Some are good and some a aren't. weird thing yeah, that weird. happens. Um, and then like it's a fifteen turnovers. I don't know if I mentioned that. Talking about you getting that eight one win and how you needed that, Kevin could use an eight one win. 
Kevin could use an eight-one win. Um, I don't know where he's going to find it, but um, but he had he had quite a few injuries. Nothing from Markkinen. Nothing from Millsap. Nothing from Nance. Patrick Beverly didn't. Do, I mean, he, it wasn't nothing, but it was close to nothing. Danny Green didn't provide much value and got dropped. Is it time to move on from Patrick Beverly? I think we talked about this a week or two ago, um, and we were surprised at how well he'd been playing. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think he's probably fine. It might be time to move on from Paul Millsap, who's been injured for a while, and isn't. I don't think he's particularly great anyway, but he's been out since February 14th, so he's missed like three weeks. Yeah, I don't know if he's I mean, worth holding. Replace him with anybody, and Kevin wins last week. Yeah. Anybody who had one assist. Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, well, I guess he needed two assists to win. But. Although I could see that being a jaded relationship with the Avatar Battlefield. <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, but I don't know. It was a close matchup. Tatum struggled, um, shot thirty six percent for the week, mm. which is not good. Jokic was, I believe, the th- number three ranked player last week, but only played three games. Um, he was he was. It's hard to compete with Beal's five. Yes. He was excellent as always. Um, Schroeder got back on the court, played a little bit. Uh, he was okay in the games that he did play. Only shot 39%, though, which is a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Uh, keyboard Cat, though, really nice get week out of uh, Carl Towns. 94 points, 37 rebounds, 22 assists from Carl Towns is a lot. That's great. Nine defensive stats, four steals, five blocks, and then seven three-pointers. He did shoot a little poorly from the field at 46%. That's not the end of the world Mm -mm. for a guy who shoots as many threes, but you would certainly expect higher from Carl Towns than 86% from the line, and Ed won both of those categories. He did have 14 turnovers, which uh, was bested by Trey Young's 19. Mm -hmm. He had 93 points on 36.5% field goal. Trey didn't have that great of a week last week. No, he wasn't great. did have 36 assists. Which is nice. Which is a, and that's, like I said, Keyboard Cat won that category by one assist. And so getting 36, 36 from one guy. Certainly helpful. Um, 36 from him, 21 from Bam, 22 from Towns. So that's that's a lot of assists from not point guards. Bam, We were talking this a little bit earlier. Bam out of bio seems to be a quite the, quite the good addition um, to Keyboard Cat this year. Yes. Kind of kept him alive with all these other injuries going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a lot of issues, though. Nothing from Nurkic, nothing from Graham, nothing from Smart, nothing from Fultz. Hamadou Diallo only played one game last week, and Drew Holiday finally came back. He was out with COVID, but uh, he played one game. 18 minutes, two points, three assists. So basically nothing. Basi- basically nothing, but if he hadn't come back and given him those three assists, then... He would have lost the category. Yeah. That's crazy how, how important three assists can be. Anything else you want to add um, on? Clint on Capella that? had 60 rebounds on 11 blocks. Yeah, that's great. Which is that's really good stuff. That's more than Turner had last week. Yes, it is. Kind of a measuring stick, if yeah. you will. Yep. Um, sorry, anything else you want to add on, on that matchup? Uh, Chris Boucher, 28 points, 17 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 5 blocks, 4 threes on solid percentages. That's uh, fine. Yeah, I don't feel bad about dropping that. I wasn't going to bring it up. I mean, I... I, I it may was. come up later in the show. Yeah. <laughs> only only I would know. I uh, certainly wouldn't. So, 
I think that uh, I think that both these guys. It's very interesting. You know, if if Cat gets healthy, he's still in the playoff right now. He's still in the pitcher. Yeah. If he can get healthy in time, he's, he's healthier with Drew Holiday back. Yeah. So it's he's a scary team, man. Um, any teams jockeying to get in, like a Yao Ming Dynasty, for example, is hoping that those guys stay out a little longer. I fear no man. Uh, I'd fear Ed a little bit. I ain't scared. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that moves us into the next matchup. All right, moving into the next matchup, we've got my own uh, Highlanders versus the East Mesa Trading Company. The Highlanders squeaked out a win, 5-4. Um, did I just play really well, Bryce? Or um, I think... Or did Trevor just not have that great of a week? I think he had a pretty bad week. Um, you had... So... Highlanders took points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He ran away with blocks, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was 43-9. to nine. Yeah, that's not good. Um, really, there were a lot of... He won points by 205. Yeah. Um, rebounds by, I don't know, 150. Assists by about 50. Steals by 12. Um, that the was the tight category, but then Saturday, well, Sunday, he kind of No, the tight category it. was field goal percentage, which you won by four-tenths of a point. Oh. So he almost made it a 6-3. Too bad. Um, and threes were fairly close. Your 51 to his 45. Mm. Um, looking at it the week, it was... And you guys both had good field goal percentage. 48.7 versus 48.3. Mm. Those, are, those are solid numbers. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was what killed him, probably. 61 points on 32% shooting. Yeah, I got a text from him, I think, Tuesday night that says, I'm, hand, I'm handing a field goal percentage over to you this week. Yeah. Um, Evan Fournier also shot 33% on the week, though only on 38 points. So Somebody on his team had to shot, shoot pretty well for him. To well, get oh, and Joel Embiid, 38%. So those were problems, but Rudy Gobert, 72%, LeBron, 42%, Vanderbilt, well, Vanderbilt didn't score enough to really matter. Um, Thaddeus Young, 62%, DeMar DeRozan, 61%. So yeah, guys boosting it up, but Van Vliet, Embiid, and Fournier all below 40%. And I mean, I know you said LeBron at 42, but 42... 52. Oh, 52. 52, yes. And he was the highest scorer at 97 points. Okay. That's probably what did it for him. Um, but he had, I don't know, he played okay, really, I guess. Um, Rudy Gobert had 11 blocks, which was the most for the week. That's uh, Clint Capella territory. That is Clint Capella territory. Uh, it was kind of an off week for Trevor. And you had some nice games. Kevin Herter had 10 steals, which led the league. Um, you were missing a lot of guys. Eric Bledsoe did nothing for you. Devin Vassell was, Ow. I guess, injured or postponed or whatever yeah. was going on with San Antonio. Totally. Otto Porter's injured. Um, Isaac, or Jonathan Isaac, obviously, was injured. Kira Lewis did basically nothing. What you had him for one game, he scored five points. Yeah. Um, Goga did nothing, but, I don't know, that's kind of what Goga is. Okong was not really playing yet. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was uh, five four though. So somehow I got five go. four on that there one. There you go. I was amazed. I'd be like, "Wow, oh, I like none of my guys played." Wait, I'm still holding on to that lead. I think I still may have had. Losing. I still may have had fewer turnovers than you last week. You had a good week for turnovers. Yeah, whatever that means. 
Um, Holiday had a nice week with nine three-pointers, mm-hmm. two steals, three blocks. Um, we talked about Thaddeus Young some last week, and he was Thaddeus Youngy. 44 points isn't a lot, but 20 rebounds, 16 assists, and four steals are all nice numbers. LeBron had a good week, minus the free throw percentage. He was 97, 30, and 28 with eight steals and five blocks. Eight three-pointers. Well, he's got to take on the lion's share of the work with Anthony Davis out, so he's killing it. Yes, he does, and yes, he is. Um, yeah, not much more to say on that matchup nope, uh, he's, other than... He's mostly healthy. Darrell Wright missed the week. Christian Wood missed the week. Um, but mostly healthy, just kind of a funky week. DeRozan missed a lot of time because San Antonio's not playing. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it for the Highlanders. It... Uh, without any disrespect intended, it was a good week for him to have an off week against you. Oh, yeah. Because no, because I, if he had run into a good team and put up like a 2-7 or a 1-8, yeah. then it becomes a problem. Yeah. No, he won 5-4, and he's still got a good lead at, at the number one spot in the league. And mm-hmm. you know what? He's, it's, it's, just, it's worked out well for him. Like mm-hmm. you said, like he played me on a week where he didn't play that well, and he was still able to squeak out a five four. So, and bye week's valuable. Yeah, bye week's real valuable. No, that, I don't feel disrespected at all on that. That's a good observation. So, um, next matchup we got though is the Flying Hellfish versus Rainbow Riders. Rainbow Riders Riders took the lead there, and I think they won six three. Six three. Um, Rainbow Riders won field goal percentage pretty comfortably, free throw percentage pretty comfortably. Three pointers were tight, but a win, sixty-eight to sixty. Um, Rainbow Riders won points by a lot. Flying Hellfish won rebounds uh, by twenty-one. That's pretty comfortable margin. Mm-hmm. Assists by about fifty. Rainbow Riders won steals by one. Flying Hellfish blocks by two, and Rainbow Riders turnovers by six. That's a, weird, um, that's a weird... You and I were in the 40s. They were 87 and 81 turnovers, respectively. So... Oh, wow. That was... Hellfish Hellfish with 87, Riders with 81. Hmm. Um, it's very, very, very different numbers here. But there were some close categories, blocks and steals and turnovers, all close. Three-pointers were close. So it was a pretty close matchup, really. But a 6-1... Or a 6-3 win for the Rainbow Riders... And that's just what Bram needed. Yep. We talked about P.J. Washington. He had a great week. 84 points, 23 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 steals, 11 three-pointers, 2 blocks, shot 57% and 95%. You said he led the league in, in one category, didn't you? Um, no? Steals, 10 was... Tied with Kevin Herter? Yes. Those two tied for 10, um, yeah, for the most steals in the week. Um, Jalen Brown was a little bit disappointing. He missed a game though, so you know that that makes a big difference because it probably would it may well have tipped steals since that was just a one point. He probably would have gotten a one, one point win. Yeah. Um Jarrett Allen with a nice week, fifty three points, forty two rebounds, seven assists, one steal, nine blocks, and three three pointers. Nine blocks. So he's up there with Turner. Nine blocks, that was half of Jay's total, uh-huh. which was which was enough to win. So, yeah, those nine blocks. Jared really Allen enough. is exciting to own right now. I bet he's playing really well. Drummond's not playing; they're just giving him all the run he can handle. Mm-hmm. He's looking great in Cleveland. Um, so, shot sixty-one percent and seventy-one percent. Seventy-one percent's not bad. Is this just Jared Allen? Yeah, that's J- Jared Allen. Uh-huh. 
Um, he did have some injury issues, of course. Mitchell Robinson didn't play. Zach Collins, I I wouldn't waste an IR spot on Zach Collins at this point, but that's just me. Um, Michael Porter didn't do a whole lot for him. He was okay. Didn't do a, you know, He didn't have a very good week. 50 points, 30 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, we talked about it when we on Jay's episode, but Michael Porter's real value is in the defensive stats. This week it was just one steal, two blocks. He did have 10 three-pointers, though, and shot 55% from the field, but oddly 57% from the line. That's, you know, the threes are really nice. That field goal percentage is really nice, but he should he's, he's better than that. So that was a little bit of a letdown. Um, very little from Jarrett Culver. Which is the case, usually. Which is the case, usually. Jaw had kind of an off week. 64 points, 11 rebounds, 28 assists is a nice number, and 7 steals is a nice number. But he only shot 41% from the field and 60% from the line. I was, I was genuinely pretty excited about Jaw last year. This year, I think I'm still, I'd am still i still be very optimistic, but yeah. I'm not nearly as excited as I would last year. Yeah, I think he just had, like, just I think kind of he off. hurt his ankle, and so... I don't know. I, I would still be give very him a, excited give about Give him Jaw. a minute. No, I would. Yeah. Hey, obviously, I think anybody would love to have Jaw. Yep. Um, Darius Garland only shot 35% from the field. No, there's a guy who I think has improved this year. Uh, I don't think he's any good. 53 points, 8 rebounds, 27 assists, 4 steals, no blocks, 6 threes. I just... What do you have his ranking uh, on the year? I could find it. It's not, it's not too hid, hidden. Um, in totals, this is totals, not per games. He's 160. Oh. Um, da, 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 da. On the season, he's playing 33 minutes a game. He's scoring... He's scoring 16 points. 2.3 rebounds is really bad. Um, 5.9 assists is solid. 1.2 steals, 0.1 blocks. That's nothing, but... The steals are okay, and the points are good. The steals are okay, and the... 16 points, I don't think that's very good in 33 minutes. I think that's pretty I mean, bad, actually. Like, it's worth... From a point guard, you're not going to find 16 minutes. points on the waiver wire, I guess is my point. Like, that's... that's It's worth holding on to just for that category. It's league average um, if... I would just worry about the long-term viability of a point guard who can only score that much and is a bad yeah. defender. Well, if he goes for, I'm just saying if he improved from rookie year to this year, and we'll see what he does next year. I think next year is the swing year for him. Um, if he can take it up to the next level, go up one more mm-hmm. ring, you know, take that 16 to 20, mm-hmm. then then we're talking. Yeah, and the assists and steals are nice. Six yeah. assists, 1.2 steals. Yeah. That's solid stuff. Um, uh, but he started last week because, like I said, the, the field goal – Percentage was so bad, but 27 assists is a really nice number. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the Hellfish's wins. Cool. Uh, Mo Bamba, my buddy, had two blocks and three threes and very little else. Yeah, that's uh, that's nowhere near Clint Capella territory. It is not. Or even Miles Turner. No. Or Jared Allen, who had three steel, or three threes and nine blocks. I had three threes? Yeah, three threes. Good for Jared. Yeah. Um, Rainbow Riders had Bradley Beal, Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Killed it. Yep. Um, Devin Booker had a nice week. He's been he he played well. He's kind of struggled this year a bit. 132 points, 11 rebounds, 17 assists, 
three steals, seven three-pointers, shot 54% and 84%. Um, not a lot of defensive stats, just three and one. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He was a snub and then... And then I don't think he, I don't think he was a snub. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know who was in the West Conference before he got in. Uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, well, I knew. I knew that one. But uh, well, one one of those players was uh, Donovan Mitchell, who last week put up ninety seven points, twenty four rebounds, twenty five assists, six steals. That's a solid number. Twelve threes is a really nice number. But he was bad at. Kind of both percentages, um, 42% field goal and 79% free throw, which isn't bad, but it's not good. It's not really helping you. All right. Um, Tyler Hero struggled. No. Well, he only played one game. But it was 14 points, two rebounds, four assists, a steal, two threes, bad field goal, good free throw. Hi everyone, Greg here. Now, today I'll come to KFC. They've got a product out called the Bucket for One. I did that one just for you. Otherwise, oh. I wouldn't have even mentioned <laughs> you it. Worked because it I did. You I sly did. dog. I didn't even notice that. Was... Um, we had the number seven ranked player, Shea Gilgis Alexander, 106 points. He had a big 42 point game or something like that. He, he had yeah, a nice week. week. 106 points, 20 rebounds, 19 assists, three steals, four blocks, 12 threes. On sixty percent and eighty-seven percent, um, he's a, he's an efficient dude. Mm-hmm. He's an efficient dude. Had thirteen turnovers, which is a lot, and that was a category that he barely won. Um, Eighteen from Beal, fifteen from Mitchell, thirteen from Shea. Um, Rainbow Riders were missing a fair amount with Keldon Johnson, Karis LeVert, and T.J. Warren all injured. Bobby Portis was on his team for a little while. He 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 streamed Portis and Hart. Um. I don't know. It was a solid week. 6-3 is a nice win. All right. Well, good good for the Rainbow Riders. And um, I think we saw. I think there's some promise there in the in the Flying Hellfish. And, and uh, you know, to see how the rebuild goes continuing in the next year or two. But Bram needed that win. So good for him. Next matchup we have Super Zombies versus the Pride. And that was a 7-2 victory for the Super Zombies, if I don't. If I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. Big win for the Super Zombies. Um, so Zombies won field goal percentage by eight-tenths of a point. But those were both really good numbers, 51 and 50%. Oh, 51.2, 50.4. Um, free throw percentage, Super Zombies won, which is not a common thing for him. No. Um, 78.6 versus 77.6. So okay. one point of difference. Those are both decent numbers, though, not... Hunt numbers. No. Um, but that was a close one, just one point difference. Um, three pointers were also close. The Pride won 68 to 64. Mm. It's pretty close to an 8 1 loss then. Yep. Um, and I think it was. It, it may have been 9 0 at one point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he won points pretty handily 774 to 617. Jeez. One rebounds, 244 to 229. So this is a little close, I guess. They're, they're both impressive numbers. Yeah, they're both good numbers. One assist by 18, 122, 104. Steals were tight. The Pride won by one steal, 29 to 30. Um, Super Zombies, 29 blocks to the Pride's 20. And turnovers were the Zombies by a pretty comfortable margin, 59 to 74. Interesting. 
You can put up over 700 points and only have that many turnovers. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. Um, individually, though, were there any... Um, you mentioned some league leaders. Were there any league leaders in this matchup uh, as far as players doing what they do? Um, I don't think so. Oh, maybe we'll come across them as we discuss, but yeah. what do we got going for the Super Zombies specifically that went right? Super Zombies, they were missing a couple guys. Jaron Jackson, Tom Bryant, obviously. Those guys are up for the year. Um, Zion Williamson, 89 points, 28 rebounds, 16 assists. Only four defensive stats, one steal, three blocks. That's mm. kind of something that I, I keep track of when I'm looking at Zion. I do too. He did shoot 61% and 68% from the line. So really boosting one up and dragging one down. He'll get better as the year goes on. The more, the more game shape, you know, the conditioning is big for him. Yeah. Um, Giannis had a really nice week. 111 points, 32 rebounds, 17 assists, 3 steals, and 7 blocks. Jeez. Um, 58% from the field, and 76% from the line. Like that was. That's probably what swung it. Yeah, if, if, if he had shown up and shot his normal whatever percentage he's shooting on the year, then that probably cost that category. the Zombies a win, yeah. Um. Who's the guy I was just thinking of? Uh, On the year, he's 66%. So, yeah, that probably would have shifted it. Who's How's Oubre doing? Cause I, or at least how did he do last week? Because I know he had a rough start. Kelly Oubre had a really nice week. 77 points, 24 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal and 3 blocks. The That's a low steal number. But 5 three-pointers is okay. 55% from the field and 89% from the line. Okay. So that's good stuff. I wonder if he just quit shooting threes, if he was really efficient and only had five three-pointers. I, I watched the uh, the game against uh, Charlotte, and that was the game where Draymond had like 19 assists. And mm-hmm. I swear there was like six assists in a row where they were just alley-ooping to Oubre. <laughs> so he was not hitting the threes. He was just dunking. There you go. Um, he did get threes from Duncan Robinson, 15, which was darn close to the weekly leader. And then Clarkson had 14 threes. <laughs> Um, but he still ended up four shy. I think it's awesome that the punt free throw team has a couple guys like that on there to keep them competitive. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting build. Um, really is. Not a ton of turnovers. Only fifty nine. He got Zion with nine, Giannis with eight, hmm. Norm Powell with nine. But he also had nine three pointers and had a pretty solid week. Seventy one points. Just turned it around. Ten assists, five steals. Those, yeah. those are pretty decent numbers there. Good for old Normie. Mm-hmm. Um, any other comments for Zombies Pride? No, that's that's about it. I didn't it. really talk about the that's Pride. A... Oh, um, yeah, no, I haven't talked about the Pride at all. I was still So how gearing, many uh, what kind of injuries do we got there? And... Um, D'Angelo Russell, Bogdanovich, and McCollum are all injured. Uh-huh. Um, Matisse Theibel didn't do much, not even the defensive stats. And when he doesn't do those, that's no. terrible. Two steals, four blocks. But, I mean, the Pride won. I, I mean, he won steals by one, so he needed every steal he could get. Zach Levine was a little bit off. 80 points, 8 rebounds, and 12 assists. Okay. With no defensive stats at all. Yeah, you need 13 threes and 14 turnovers. That's not that's not a great week from him. No, he did help the field goal percentage a great deal at fifty nine percent. Dragged down the free throw percentage a little bit seventy eight percent, which I would expect more from Zach Levine. Yeah, 
I would expect more from Zach Levine in almost all those categories, except for maybe blocks. I don't know how many blocks he gets on yeah. the air. Well, more than zero. I more than assume. zero. 13, 13 threes is a lot of threes. Yeah, and the points were kind of nice. 80. 80. Yeah, but he's usually better than that, I think. Yeah. Um, Julius Randle, 99 points, 42 rebounds, um, which was only the second most rebounds on his team. Ennis Cantor had 46. Those are both really big rebound numbers. Um, but Randall had 23 assists, which is also great, um, especially from a center. Seven steals and a block. Um, seven steals is a lot. That's more than anybody that played for the Zombies last week or anybody other than or anybody else who played on, on the Pride. Hmm. R.J. Barrett slowed down a little bit, just 61 points, 25 rebounds, <laughs> nine assists. He's going fast enough to slow down. R.J. Barrett started out really strong. Just, just um, he uh, he's seen his minutes drop down lately. He's a really strong rebounder though. Um, for for a guard, I think that's like his best position or his best stat is the rebounding, which is not what you would expect from a shooting guard. But that's what it is. No. Yeah. Well, that's good. And Julius Randle's been so solid this year. He has Mr. Consistent. Yep, Mikael Bridges, five steals, six blocks are nice. Yeah, um, that's great. Great field goal percentage, shot sixty five percent on the week. Huh. Um, really, it's it, it, I, I would feel very ripped off if I shot fifty percent for the week and still lost. Yeah, um, no, Gary funny. Trent Jr. was the one who really dragged him down at thirty five percent, forty eight points, thirty five percent. That that kind of stinks. He did have nine three pointers though. How interesting would it have been if Ben had lost field goal in one free throw in one week? That would have been a real trick. Um, a real trick. Well, I mean, it was, like you said, a lot of categories. I mean, not that they were all super close, but I think that the Pride had a pretty good week. Like, you read those numbers, even the ones he lost, I'm like, that's not bad. Yeah. Just the other guy did better. Yep. No, it's, they're, they're both really good teams is what happens when good teams play each other. Yeah. Uh, Desert Storm versus the Flock. Um Desert Storm came out on top, 5-4. And this comes just days after Benson had declared that he would win the 5-4, uh, calling really? a shot. Remember? I do not remember that. He, called he says shot a lot of nonsense that I don't listen he'd to. Called so. two, he'd called his shot two weeks in a row, and then this was the third week, and he said, I'm calling my shot a third week in a row. Row, 5-4 win. Okay. Nope. Uh, it was a 5-4 win for Desert Storm. Uh, there were some cl- close categories. Uh, field goal percentage was not one of them. The Flock won by a whole bunch. Desert Storm won free throw by a whole bunch. Desert Storm won threes by 20. He won points by 180. Uh, rebounds were close. Desert Storm won by 6, 190 to 184. Assists, the Flock won 184 to 181. So that one was really tight. The Sorry, the Flock lost rebounds? Flock lost rebounds, won assists. Okay. Um, Desert Storm wins steals, 39 to th- 32. The Flock wins blocks, 32 to 14. And the Flock wins turnovers, 76 to 66. I wonder how much closer steals and rebounds would have been if Drummond was playing. Probably a lot closer. As you mentioned, the Flock had some injury issues. Hassan Whiteside was injured. I don't know that that matters, but it's a thing. Yeah, and Hassan Whiteside has actually been playing a little better lately. So... Missing him could be something. Uh, maybe. I mean, he lost rebounds by six, so yeah. I would think that Hassan would have gotten you six or seven. Yes, or like a good player could have gotten six or seven rebounds as well. <laughs> uh, Drummond, of course, didn't play. Uh, Derek White didn't play. 
The newly acquired Malik Beasley did not play. I think he only missed one game, but, you know. Uh, on the other side, Desert Storm was missing Kevin Durant, who might be worth as much as all those guys combined, mm-hmm. though not necessarily in this particular matchup. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, who didn't play at all, he... Also lost Kevin Love and I think one game from Gordon Hayward. One game. They both have um, Raptors, and the Raptors missed a game or two because of COVID. Kyle Lowry for Desert Storm, and then Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi for the Flock. Um, Obviously, that that hurts the Flock a little bit more because he's got two players. But um, looking at specific players, De'Aaron Fox had a really strong week. 103 points, 11 rebounds. Um, 39 assists. That's a good number. Three steals, three blocks. And it was really the assists and the rebounds that were the swing categories. So those are what I would focus on. But, yeah, those are nice numbers. The percentages were both kind of bad, 46% and 66%. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the flock ended up at um, 50.1, which is lower than both the uh, Super Zombies and the Pride. Okay. So it goes back to, man, Pride sure should have played somebody other than the Super Zombies. But um, right. that was kind of the, the standout player, TJ McConnell, 32 points, but 16 rebounds, 22 assists, and 7 steals. So he was TJ McConnell. He's a two-category nice. guy. 7 steals, 22 assists. Those yeah, are nice those numbers. Are, those are good numbers. Um, Lonzo Ball, 48 points, 10 rebounds, 20 assists, 11 threes, and 4 steals. Jeez. That's okay. But on what um, field goal? Uh, 44% from the field, 100% from the line, although the free throw volume is never high. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really stands out here. Um, you know, just some of his best players just didn't play. Ben Simmons with just 54 points, 19 rebounds, 22 assists, three steals, two blocks. Actually had a three-pointer. That's, we, we probably should have mentioned that in the, in the news segment, huh? Yeah. Um, 56% from the field, 60% from the line. You'd have 10 turnovers, Fox with 14. Um, turnovers were actually kind of close. But he streamed a fair a couple of guys, and they, they, they treated him okay. Saban Lee was solid with, I don't know, two steals, had good percentages, had eight assists for him. Um, I don't know. He, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great week, but... 5-4, that's not a bad win. Or not a bad way to lose. Yeah, and um, his team's built to lose that way. Yeah, if you're going to lose, then yeah, you can you can stomach that. On the other hand, um, Desert Storm, Seth Curry did very little. I don't know if Seth Curry's done being good or if this was just an off week, but 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, a block, 4 threes. I think that's in like 3 or 4 games. So that's a struggle. Only shot 32% and 50% from the line. Um, That's bad news. Kyle Lowry had a really nice week for only playing two games at 44 points, 18 rebounds, 18 assists, three steals, eight three-pointers, 68% from the field, 75. It's funny listening to you read those numbers. I remember when Benson was getting off of Kyle Lowry, he said, well, I can just get what I need from TJ McConnell and... 22 verse 18 and 7 verse 3, McConnell actually had more assists and th- steals than Lowry did, and that's what he. Yes, although I think that was like. Needed Lowry for. Was yeah. The assists and steals. I mean, McConnell played more games, though. Yeah, yeah, that's, no, I mean, that's not yeah. going to be the case every week, but I, that's something to follow when yeah. I see those two. 
Yeah, it's definitely that. That's the comparison. That was the trade-off. Um, Brandon Ingram, seventy-nine points, fifteen rebounds, fifteen assists, two steals, six threes. Um, Valanciunas had forty-seven rebounds. That's and, a nice number. Yes, it is. Um, he got a lot of assists. One hundred and eighty-one assists from Desert Storm. Twenty-one from Paul George. Twenty-three from Rubio. Twenty-two from Wall. Um, but the big one was Draymond Green with 44 assists on the week. Yeah. That's a huge number. He had one game at 19. It's... Yeah. Dray- uh, Draymond was really good. 36 points, which stinks, but that's Draymond Green. 31 rebounds, 44 assists, 7 steals, 5 blocks. Yeah, that's great. Um, he did have 14 turnovers. You can stomach that. Which is, yes, although they were fairly close. It was the flock won by 10 turnovers, so... Some of those big turnover numbers from Green at 14 and Terry Rozier at 15, you know, that could have shifted things. 76 um, turnovers is a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a close matchup, 5-4. There were two really close categories that the two teams split. So, good matchup. Uh, hopefully uh, onward to different things for both teams. I mean, I, I know... Ben was probably looking for more of a, more than a five four win, and Benson was hoping for a win. So, mm-hmm. see how they shape up this next week. Um, the last matchup for the week we had um, the goats versus winning eight to do, and the goats won six three. Yep. Um, so the goats won threes, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Were they so pretty large all margins? The, uh, yes, they were. Every single one of them was. Uh, seventy-three to thirty for three pointers. Oh, those rebounds! My gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh, winning eight Toto did not have a lot of guys play. He had uh, scored two hundred and ten points, seventy-six rebounds, thirty assists. He only had eighteen turnovers, but he shot ridiculously well at fifty-five percent field goal, um, eighty-two percent, eighty-two point four percent free throw. Uh, those are both really strong numbers. Jamal Murray had another really nice week, eighty-four. 13 and 19 with two steals, three blocks, and 14 threes. Jeez. Um, not a whole lot from the rest of the crew. Patrick Williams had six defensive stats, three steals, three blocks, three threes. Mm-hmm. So he's a. Uh, there's that triple one that he puts up. So that's good stuff. But uh, typically we'll all read like. I don't know if he just didn't set his lineup, but he got stats from. R.J. Hampton, Jamal Murray, Joe Harris, Patrick Williams, Derek Favors, and Obi Toppin. That's seven guys that played last week. Mm. And nobody else put up anything. So so that's like half of a team. That's too bad. It's it, a rebuilding team. It is. Um, so you can stomach week like that. I guess. Um, but the Goats had some... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I mean, they had some decent games. Nikola Vucevic, 82 points, 29 rebounds, 10 assists is not great, but he had 10 three-pointers, hmm. 49% shooting, which is solid considering he's shooting that many threes. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard, 84, 10, and 7, mm-hmm. but no steals, just one block, 10 three-pointers, mm-hmm. though. So lots of three-pointers. Mike Conley with 10, Vucevic with 10, Lillard with 10. Um, Anthony Edwards, who's been playing better, 75 points, 26 rebounds, 10 assists, but he had six steals, four blocks, and 11 three-pointers. That's really good, actually. That's really good stuff. The downside. surprising he wasn't, like, rookie of the... 
week or in the discussion. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Um, no, I'm he serious. Was, when yeah, I said that. yeah, I'm no, not no, no, to be no. Condescending. I, I, well, the the problem was he shot thirty five percent from the field and had twelve turnovers. Okay. And both of those are really strong that's negatives. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty detrimental. Those are both really strong negatives. But yeah, those are the other stats. Though, wow, good job. Yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you on those? Uh, Russell Westbrook was oddly efficient. He shot fifty one percent from the field, and well. He's oddly efficient from the field, only 47% from the line, though. Mm. Um, and it's those were the two two the two categories that he lost were the two percentages. So getting uh, 50% free throw shooting from Darius Baisley, 47 from Russell Westbrook, 67 from Brooke Lopez, though I can't imagine that's a very high volume, 75 from Mike Conley. Uh, those are all really low numbers. And then field goal percentage, Mike Conley, 42%. Terrence Ross, 24%. Kyle Kuzma, 34%. Robert Covington, 18%. That's not good at all. That's not good. Jeremy Lamb, 39%. Um, Anthony Edwards, 35%. Not really. Uh, I don't. I don't either. Um, Darius Baisley, just 53, 31, and 2 with 2 steals, 2 blocks, 7 threes. Mm-hmm. Nine. I don't know. I guess he's worth rostering. Yeah, but barely. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got the win. He did get the win. And he had ninety-one turnovers on the week. I think that's the high for the league this week. Yeah, Josh locked that puppy up. He did. Eighteen to ninety-one. Probably <laughs> the most dominant win of the week. I don't know. The rebounds was. Uh, yes. 246 to 76. Yeah, that's, that's pretty dominant. That's that's. I guess, I guess we could sit here and do some math and and find out the percentages, but uh, I mean that's that's what we were saying last week. That's like uh, that's about. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, well good good job Taylor. Uh, you needed the win. Um, you know I I think you Taylor and Bram are all kind of in the same boat. You need some wins to get into to make that push. So. Um, all three of you got the wins. You have all got eight one. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so good. Good you job. Should, you should spend like the next forty five minutes talking about that team. Uh, figuratively or literally? Literally. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have that time tonight anymore. But I have. There is forty five minutes of great or fifty five minutes of great Yumming Dynasty content coming your way. Um, so without further ado, we can jump right into that segment and. Uh, Bryce is going to uh, go ahead and head out to the uh, soundproof bunker, and we're going to make some phone calls and and uh, talk some Yao Ming. Let me go ahead and call Benson and get him on the phone. Benson, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Dallin? Oh, I'm good. Um... I, uh, I handed out some assignments beforehand, so Benson's been assigned with the mighty task of talking about one Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, DeAndre Ayton, Victor Oladipo, and uh, some moves that he thinks Bryce might be able to make going into the playoffs. So, without further ado... I might, I might have done a little bit of extra credit, too. <laughs> Good. More, I always want to do more than the teacher asked me to do. Good. Um, I, I'm looking forward to this. So, without further ado, hey, Grandma, 
What's his name? Oh, well, this is Little Jerry Seinfeld. So, Little Jerry, what do you got for me when it comes to the Jimmy Butler of the world? Well, I want to start off by um, by talking about not Bryce, but our commissioner. I feel like he is a great voice for our league, and while he gets under the skin of some, I feel like everything he does and everything he pushes for is in the best interest and health of our league. And so kudos to him. I don't think anyone ever says thank you to him. Uh, thank you to Trevor for being our historian. And then obviously thank you, Dallin, for running this podcast. Uh, it gives us much joy. And I think we all need to be grateful for the wonderful things that happen in our league that make it so enjoyable to be in. I'm number one. You're number two. Thank you, Benson. Absolutely. Now, talking about Bryce's team, um, Bryce has a phenomenal team, right? We have, Every fantasy team has flaws. Um, Bryce pointed out the flaws of my team for about a half hour. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he does it, and then he afterwards is like, was I too harsh? And I'm like, well, I mean, you look at it through one lens, and so it's hard for you to see anything else. Um, but when it comes to his team, like like every other team, there are flaws. But um, it's a very good team. But let's just start with um, with Jimmy Butler. And it's hard to talk about one player. Um, I just kind of want to go with an overall, I guess. Bryce Bryce's team, when healthy, is my favorite roster. Okay, it's I think. If healthy, it is the best roster in our league. The problem is, is fantasy is all about skill and it's all about luck. And those lines intersect somewhere for every team. And while Bryce has done a great job putting together a talented roster, I feel like there's a lot of, he's, he's requiring a lot of luck from the fantasy gods. Um, there's a lot of knees on his team that need to be healthy for him to be competitive. Um, I think his team is is the poster child for load management. And I just feel like hitching my wagon to a team with a lot of question marks would scare me. And so while he's very talented, I'd be nervous if I were owning that team. Yeah, I've thought that a time or two. Uh, you look down the roster and you got a lot of guys. It's like, well, hopefully they all play this week, you know. And if you miss uh, two right. or three guys in one week, you could lose. You could barely win five four over Josh, you know. Yeah, I mean, like when when we go through um, when you and Bryce are talking about like, okay, so how'd your matchup go last week? I feel like he always starts it off with, well, Kemba sat the second night of the back to back and didn't have Porzingis and uh, uh, Oladipo. Uh, you know, twisted his ankle, and there's like four or five, and he's like, like it's like a pity party, and I'm like, well, yeah, injuries are a part of fantasy basketball, but you've also assembled the team with even more so uh, question marks versus, you know, uh, historically, you have, yeah, yeah, you have you've put together a team that, yeah, it's it's a great team, but we shouldn't be surprised every week when you're outplayed in games because you know feast famine. Sometimes it's going to be famine with the guys that you've put on the team. You can't be surprised but, um, when uh, Kyrie Irving decides to ditch his team for two weeks. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, the, uh, the weather was really cold, so I'm going to go ahead and chill for this next two days because the earth is flat. And, and who knows what that guy thinks? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's nuts. You know, I, but I don't want to, like, I just think that he's asking for a lot to go right. And, like, when the playoffs come and, and, the, and it tightens down and you're playing, you know, really good, t- really good team every week, man, a lot has to go right. A lot has to go right. And I'm afraid for Bryce that he's going to start sounding like the Dallas Cowboys fans talking about the good old days. I know when it's been four, five, six years since he's won a championship. Yeah, or like Chicago Bears fans, like, oh, we were good in the '80s. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, but I will say, if things go right, I, I said it earlier, he, he has the best roster. But you know, the stars have to align. And that's not easy to do. Yeah. Well, I will say, going like right now, after last week, he is one game removed from the playoffs. I think he's like in the seventh or eighth spot right now. Yeah, he's sitting at five hundred. So, despite not have not having the best record, the best best of luck up till now, it's like he could still get in pretty easily. It seems like, but yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, so uh, but going back to my assignment, I will touch on a few things with these guys. Kemba, um, he's a he's only thirty. I thought he was older than that. Um, he's only thirty, um, which for a point guard usually means you've got quite a bit left in the tank, mm-hmm. but. Um, He's he's six foot tall, and his knee or knees. I don't. I think I know for one for sure is really bad shape. Is this Kemba? He just, this is Kemba. Kemba. Yeah, he short point guards with a real bad knee. I just. I hopefully he ages well. I like Kemba, but um, I hopefully he ages more like Kyle Lowry and less because I think Kyle Lowry. We were saying this four or five years ago too, and now he's thirty four and still. Playing so awesome. Yeah, he's playing pretty well. But hopefully he ages more like that and like less like, uh, like, a, like a Darren Williams or something. You know, that was an ankle, I believe. But right. Same concept, right? You, right. you want the you want that guy to age well. Um, Aiton, I Aiton, I mean, some people are down on him, but I think Aiton's the best asset on his team, unless I'm missing somebody. I don't think I was. Aiton's fantastic. I, I think he's a... I think he's got plenty of like 24 and 12 seasons with two blocks. He's probably got another decade of that. And to have, and hopefully the volume goes up and to have great percentages and on high volume from a big, it gives Bryce a lot of flexibility to kind of, and I know he values that a ton. He really wants to get bigs that are, um, don't hurt you in the percentages and the free throw percentage. So he can be competitive in every category. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably his favorite asset. I could be wrong, but it's probably mine. Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't know about favorite asset because I think some of my draft picks are probably <laughs> worthwhile. Uh, but like as far as like a player on his team, I, I don't see anything more valuable than Aiton. Like I mean, yeah, Ka- like Kawhi yeah. is good, but I mean, like everybody would want Aiton. Yeah, Aiton. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his team right now. Aiton's definitely my favorite asset of his. All things considered, so good on that. So yeah, Oladipo again. I, I really worry how he's going to age. He's been bit by the injury bug a few times here in the last couple seasons, and um, I, I really like 
Oladipo. I've I, I've asked for him trade a few times, but um, he's one that again injuries, but um, playing really well right now. It looks like. Um, let's see. This last two weeks, he's ranked twenty seventh. Last week, thirty third. Um, he, I think. Bryce will want him to stay in Houston to finish out this year because it looks like he'll be a he'll be their main horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they're but if they fall more out of it, maybe they'll they'll shut him down a little bit. But he's playing great, um, and and he's good. Uh, let's see, uh, and Jimmy Butler, I can say the same thing I said about the other guys. Man, Jimmy Butler is fantastic. I didn't realize how good of a passer he really was. Oh, Jimmy's like, great. Yeah, I mean he's averaging. Eight assists on the season, but over the last two weeks, he's almost a ten. Um, to get those out of position assists is that's huge. It's massive. Well, you know, you know, Tyler Hero is not going to get those uh, get those assists. He doesn't have a long enough wingspan to reach the ball to pass it. No, not at all. Um, not at all. So they need a real passer, and his name is Jimmy Butler. That's right. So um, yeah, I mean. I guess um, is Jimmy Butler so, is Jimmy Butler. If you got his team in front of you, is Jimmy Butler his highest ranked player on his roster this season? Let's see. So we'll go season average and Jimmy. No, I think it's Kyrie Irving because he's ranked eighth on the season. Ooh. No, Ka- Kawhi Leonard at four. These are averages. Right. Kawhi at four. Irving at eight. And Jimmy then, at 15. And then Butler. Okay. All right. Oh, and Marvin Bagley at 233. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. 4-8, <laughs> 15, 233. You know, so so Bryce is the ox, right? Like, he's Mr. Steadfast. Um, don't forget the foresight. Foresight? What did you say? Four what? Foresight. Oh, foresight, yeah. I read the press release, but I don't remember. But I think... That is a strength of Bryce's, but it's also a weakness. Um, I Sometimes I think that there are some moves that he could make. I know this is kind of a segue to my next part of my assignment. I love it. There are some things that he could do that I think would – they might not make him more talented, but I think they would make him a better fantasy team. And I think Bryce is always just worried about, oh, I want to have the most talent possible. And I think that's why him and I differ a lot in – philosophy um because i feel like yeah you obviously want the most talented players that's kind of like a given but i also want players that are going to be available and have tons of opportunity and so a couple moves i would make if i were bryce and obviously this will go in one ear not the other for him because he trusts no man but himself that's that's why he's most successful right bryce but a couple things that i would do is I personally think it's okay to have like one, two, maybe three like really injury prone guys on your team. Um, if if they're taught, if they're really when they're really really good, they're really really good. But after, I mean, having three, four, five, six of those guys, I would look to move a couple of the really injury prone guys, even if it means losing you know, 15, 20, 30 spots in the rankings. Um, and I think that that's worth doing because games played is sometimes more important than how good you are 
when you're at your best. Right. I think I can see um, that. Dropping a few spots yeah. to have consistency when, like, what what good is having the fourth best player in the league if you don't get to have him when you need him the most? Right, and then yeah, and we know that the second half of this season is like compacted. There's going to be even more back to backs. Um, you know, I don't know if, if if I would make a lot of these moves now because I feel like this season is a crapshoot, and so maybe having the best players and just hoping timing works out in your favor might be the best strategy this year. But I might look to move like a Porzingis or a Kemba Walker or a Victor Oladipo or a Kyrie Irving. But I wouldn't do it all at once. You know, take one of those guys, knock on a few doors, don't take a massive bath, but be real and be willing to look at offers but I don't think Bryce would do that because he feels like dangling his players in a trade lessens their value, which can be true. I've seen that, but it's also a good way to uh, just kind of see what everyone else thinks about your guys too. Yeah, test the market, see what's out there, and if you can get you know fair, fair value and and uh, and or you know what you feel is fair value for it, then might as well pull the trigger. Especially, I don't know. I would. I think having Kyrie Irving on my team would, and I've been there. I've had him on my team is kind of frustrating. So yeah, unfortunately for Bryce, everyone hates Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no one who likes Kyrie Irving. My guess is that Ben Frederick would like Kyrie Irving. It seems like they'd get along. Yeah, Ben's a flat earther guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I I think um, looking to move like two of the historically injury prone guys would be good for him. But um, you know, I think he's just going to roll it out there again next year, and uh, and that's fine too. It's just going to be if the fantasy gods will give him timing, and things will work out well. You know, it's to be seen. I guess so. I mean, you do run the risk, though. I mean, like. Like we saw with DeMarcus Cousins, uh, he he got hurt. I forgot if it was his Achilles first or if it was his knee first or what happened, but he had like one injury and Bryce is like, oh no, he'll come back better than ever. And then and then he got hurt again. He's like, oh, he'll be fine, he'll come back. And then he got he got set back again in that injury and then it was like, okay, I guess the best I can do is Goran Drogic. And then he dropped Goran Drogic for something else. So he like yeah. literally just yeah. wasted DeMarcus Cousins on your roster. Yeah, I mean, if Timing, getting rid out from from older stars is such a hard thing, and I know I've sold early a couple times, but I do that because I'm I'd rather get something than nothing, mm-hmm. and so but uh, it's so hard to time it's, that because you don't want you don't want to trade a star, but at the same time, man, and we've seen how quickly careers can basically come to a close, right. and. And then you get stuck with your pants down, and you don't have anything to show for it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I guess my, yeah, and, and my comments kind of more derived to like, uh, just get value for what you have. I mean, I, I don't really worry so much about Bryce's team moving forward because he's got uh, some good draft capital in things, and he's got Aiton, and he's got uh, Bagley, which I don't know, if we'll, we'll touch on Bagley later, but uh, he's got some young pieces and some draft capital. That even if he gets nothing for the people on his team now, he'll he'll be able to replenish his roster somewhat. But I think you, you gotta. I, I kind of agree with you. I think you gotta move what you can and try to get what you can, so you have some consistent play on your roster. He, it's tough to 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 win when half you can't rely on you know five or six guys. 
Yeah, it's true. But, um, man, so good. It's just a good team. Great roster. I would would be stressed out if I had that team. Yes. To me... Like it's it's fun being able to check box scores and and oh yeah all my guys played tonight and this happened this happened but the, seeing a bunch of injuries it just I don't know I wouldn't have I wouldn't have that much fun oh it's a back to back this week so I know I'm not going to have that many games right uh, I I just wouldn't like it personally to manage it but um, I think Bryce's response to that would be oh it's actually pretty fun when you have three championships oh you wouldn't you wouldn't like managing a, a championship winning team oh that's interesting because you don't you, you don't like winning championships okay that's weird okay uh, I guess you can uh, I guess you can just uh, sit at home and watch your team lose I guess that's if that's more fun for you <laughs> he's so lame <laughs> Uh, oh well, geez. well. Thanks for calling in or letting me call you or I don't. I can't remember how this all started, but I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Oh, absolutely. Any any final comments for the the flock you want to plug or, or for the Yaming Dynasty you want to get out there? I think I'm done with the dynasty, but when it comes to the flock, um, keep an eye out for a second half surge. It might not happen this week because I'm pretty, uh, I'm, I'm under the COVID weather right now. But um, you know, we've got we've got a little bit of season left, and I think the flock will will make a little bit of noise in the second half. And we just want an opportunity uh, at the end to to sh- to show what we have, and we hope to be there when it all ends. Well, there you go, guys. Watch the flock. And I guess with that, we'll move on to the next uh, next uh, little segment of the Yaming Dynasty. Thank you, Benson. Yeah. You're very welcome. All right, bye. Bye. So next up, we had the Super Zombies general manager, Ben Levitt, who was going to join us, but had a date night with his wife instead, so he had to bail. Um, so, you know, lots of people do that, make promises that they can't fulfill. You're admitted to a mistake. Your dad's not trying to find you. Your son is. That kid's your son. You're the dad. I made a huge, tiny mistake. What? But that's okay, because I got my four-year-old daughter here to replace him. Hadley, say hi. Hi. Okay, say, go Bryce. Go Bryce. Say, we love the dynasty. We like the dynasty. (laughs) Woohoo! All right. My daughter is gone, and I will go ahead and do the super zombie segment solo. Rule number one for surviving zombie land. I like turtles. So I had assigned um, Ben, Marvin Bagley, Kawhi Leonard, Taylor Horton Tucker, and how Bryce's season has gone so far. So I'm going to go ahead and just dive into each one. Um, when we, when I think about Marvin Bagley, I think number two overall pick, um, shown flashes this year as somebody who watches Sacramento Kings games, hashtag Halliburton. Um, I have noticed that Bagley, he's actually been starting. Um, I don't know if everybody realized that he's been, a, he's been in the starting lineup for a little bit now and, uh, doesn't get like a full 30 plus minutes. I don't know if he can handle that. Maybe they're just trying to watch his conditioning or 
Um, maybe they're trying to teach him the game of basketball a little bit better because sometimes he looks a little lost in schemes. But um, when he is out there, he is productive. Um, he can hit the three pretty with with some regularity. I'm going to pull up his stats right now. Um, but he can go. He's a walking double double, and you know the big thing with him this season has been. Uh, kind of some piss poor free throw percentage, which is going to hurt the Yao Ming dynasty, who's typically and historically been a pretty good team in the free in the free throw de- department. Uh, he's averaging 14 points a game, um, seven and a half rebounds a game. Uh, doesn't really get any assists under one a game, and the defensive stats are a little bit lacking at 0.6 and 0.5 for steals and blocks, respectively. Um, the three-point percentage is 37, 37% for three, which is pretty good for three-point. Um, he gets one a game and uh, f- about 50% from the field, so pretty good numbers there. But 53%, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's the two-point percentage, uh, That's which is pretty good, 54% uh, from the line, which is really bad, on three, three attempts. And if that keeps up, he... <laughs> that's going to tear down the free throw percentage for the Yaming Dynasty. Now, three three attempts a game isn't going to really kill you. Um, if it were more than that, I'd be really, really worried. Three attempts a game you might be able to cover up with somebody else, but it's definitely not something that you can keep on your roster forever if you're planning on being good at free throw. Um, 69% his rookie year um, in uh, in only well, in 62 games. And then last year, 80%. So, you know, I've heard Bryce say, well, he shot 80% before, so it'll come back. You know, it'll go back up. I, I don't suspect that it'll stay. But his rookie year, he played 62 games, which is a decent sample size, and he averaged 69%. Last year, in 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 the uh, 80% that we reference, was only a 13-game sample size. And then this year, in 32 games, he shot 54%. So, I mean... I have two thoughts. One, if you're a good three-point shooter, I would think that your free throw will will come up. And he's a pretty good free throw shooter. Again, on three attempts a game, he's shooting 37%. But also, from the line, 54% in 32 games. So I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe that I he's probably just a bad free throw shooter. But he's so young that maybe that's a part of his game that he can improve. And with his ability to hit the three ball with, like I said, some regularity, I mean, you think he would be able to hone that in and, and to improve his free throw, and he probably will at some point. But as of right now, I don't, I don't think it's a fluke. I think he's just a bad free throw shooter. Um, the sample size is there. So I think that if Bryce wants to compete, as long as Bagley's healthy, which this season, season has not been an issue, in his rookie year, he was pretty healthy. He's going to want to move off of Bagley, um, and and find something that fills that fills that hole a little bit better. But um, you know, we know Bryce loves his his big men who can't shoot. Hashtag Biombo. So uh, I'll let Bryce worry about that one. But again, I think Bagley has some promise. The number two overall pick, fourteen and seven with three a game. The defensive stats are. Not really there, but again, his rookie year in 62 games, he averaged a block a game, and last year in those 13 games, averaged 9.9, so just under a block a game. Uh, so this year, the .5, I don't know if that's a result of just not getting enough minutes, but he's never averaged more than 25 minutes a game his whole career. 
His rookie year is 25.3, last year 25.7, and this year 25.8. So he's been around 25 minutes a game his whole career. And I, you know, it begs the question, I, I think that when you see that consistent 25, 25, 25 year after year, uh, it's probably coming from the medical staff, I would assume. I'll let Ed answer that one. But um, I don't know if he can sustain more than 25 a night. And if you're never going to get more than 25 a night out of Bagley, what's the upside? Um, a 14-7 and seven guy who's ranked 233 on the season who, with bad free throw. So I think that he fits a niche. And if you're a punt free throw team, maybe that number moves way up. And, and I wish I was as good at this as Bryce is because I could shut off some filters and figure out you know, where he ranks as a punt free throw team. So maybe I'll give Bryce that, that task when you hear this in the recording. Go back and maybe let us know on Discord where Bagley ranks if you are a punt free throw team because I would be curious to see that. Um, his per 36 numbers, again, I don't think he ever gets to 36 minutes a night, but this year his per 36 are at 19 points. Um, just under a block and just under a steal a game, so those defensive stats rise, which is great. 10 rebounds, so 19 and 10 with uh, a, a steal or a, a three and a half, so one and a half threes, um, 49% from the field on 16 attempts. Like if he could, if he could get those extra minutes, Bagley becomes significantly more valuable, especially on a punt free throw team. But I just don't see where, where he gets the minutes. I don't know if they're waiting for him to, to have certain clearance or what, but he hasn't gotten them ever, and I don't know when he will, and I don't know when his free throw is going to go up. So those are the question marks I have on Bagley. Um, anyways, I'll move on the list here. The next name on the list that I had assigned Ben was the great and powerful Kawhi Leonard. So we all love Kawhi. I think Kawhi is extremely valuable on any team, obviously. Um, I mean, the dude is uh, got some pretty cool nicknames. The Claw, Board Man, Fun Guy, The Hand, and The Terminator. I think I prefer The Claw. I think that's a cool nickname. Um, but that's all pointless. Let's get to the, the nitty-gritty here on Kawhi. Uh, 29 games played this season, which might surprise some. Um, he's been playing in quite a few games, maybe the most consistent player for the for the Yaming Dynasty with all the injuries that we've seen. 29 games ain't bad. And in 29 games, he's averaged tw just under 27 points a game, 26.8, which is awesome. He's got to be uh, one, among one of the league leaders. 26 a night is pretty high up there. You're talking about almost two steals a game, half a block a game, just about five assists, six rebounds, 87 from the line on six attempts, and uh, two threes a game. His three-point percentage is 38. So you got to think about it. He's Marvin Bagley is shooting just a little bit less efficiently from three as Kawhi Leonard. So... <laughs> I think that Bagley is a good three-point shooter. He's, he's a bit of a mystery, that Bagley. Um, but uh, looking at Kawhi again, 51% from the field on 18 or 19 attempts is huge for your field goal percentage, especially coming from the wing. Um, Kawhi would be great on a punt free throw team. Uh, that that field goal percentage and those half a, that half a block a game those out-of-position stats would be huge. I would be 
Definitely making offers if I was a punt free throw team for good old Kawhi. I think he'd be good on any team, of course. He's like, I think as Benson said, he's the eighth ranked player on the season if you look at averages. So uh, not much more to say about Kawhi other than he's awesome uh, when he's on the court, which this year has been pretty often. Um, but his track record kind of speaks for itself. From his rookie year, you've got 64 games, 58 games, 66 games, 64 games, and then a couple of years that were good there at the end of the run in San Antonio at 72 games, 74 games, but still, it's not a full 82 slate. You got nine games in 2017-18 season, 60 games, 57 last year, but last year was a shortened COVID year, so maybe he didn't miss that many. And then 29 so far this year. So he's on track this year to have some good games played. Um, but the season's not yet over. And there's a lot of tight schedules coming up in the latter half of the schedule. So, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see with Kawhi how his rest goes. But if Bryce wants to get into the playoffs and he's sniffing at the gate trying to get in, he's going to need Kawhi playing every game he can. The last player on the list here is... Uh, one Talon Horton Tucker, um, who has replaced uh, Troy Brown Jr. as the uh, as the player most talked about on the Yumming Dynasty. So Talon Horton Tucker, I think we, I think Bryce likes to do that to try to raise trade value or try to try, almost like the the chirping bird. If you if you hear if you hear something enough, it's good marketing, and you think about it, and maybe you want to buy it. I don't know. Um, but looking at Talon Horton Tucker, um, I, had, I this is one thing I had talked to Ben Levitt about prior to the show, and he um, he he looked at his college stats, he looked at his, his career so far in the NBA, and. He was left a little puzzled as to why we talk about Taylor Horton Tucker so much if he's not that good. Uh, I know Bryce would say otherwise. I'm going to pull his stats up right now, um, and we can take a look at it. So the dude is, uh, I don't know how old he is. Um, gives more information here. He is 20 years old, uh, which is pretty good. Um but he's only averaging seven points a game. Let's look at the defensive stats. So just over half a block, which is pretty good coming from a shooting guard. Uh, just under one steal a game at 0 0.8, which, I don't know, if, if he's getting seven points a game, the reason I've got him on my team is because he's got to have good defensive stats, and I think that he probably has potential, but he's only playing 17 minutes a night, so the nights he gets more than that, I bet you is what's bringing up that steal number to 0.8. And maybe the, the promise of these defensive stats is what makes it alluring to have him on the roster. But the nights he doesn't get minutes, he's just hurting you as much as somebody that gets rested. So um, I'm not sure if I get it. Uh, free throw percentage is good. Again, that's not surprising. Um, the rebounds and the assists are at like two apiece on average. So not, not really that great. He's getting you half a three a night. So every other game, he's getting you a three. Um, I don't know if that's really enough to move the needle um, on that category. Um, and field goal percentage is 43, so actually not great. Um, he's only shooting 2.7 uh, on 6.3 attempts from the field, and that's just not going to get it done. Um, I want to look at his game log, though, which I think I can find if I scroll down here. 
Alright, so looking at his game log, um, I'm just looking for games where he played like close to 30 minutes a night or on that night. So if I scroll down here, um, on February 8th, he played almost 27 minutes. And in that time, he had eight points, two steals, two blocks, which is nice. One assist, five rebounds. I can deal with five rebounds. Um, he didn't have any threes. He was 0 for 2 and uh, shot 500 from the field and uh, didn't shoot any free throws. So it's a lot of meh to kind of bad, but two steals, two blocks is like awesome. The reason Matisse Thibel has been rostered off and on and, and personally by me for quite some time is the promise and the allure of those defensive stats. So maybe if Taylor Horton Tucker gets a larger role next season or even after the All-Star break this year, somehow he gets more minutes and, and you can pack the, you know, the defensive stats, then that's, that's kind of tasty. It's kind of worth keeping. Let me look through the, the game log a little bit more and look specifically specifically at minutes played so he played 27 minutes and i will say it looks like he's been his minutes have been ramping up uh the last couple weeks rather than the beginning of the season which maybe that's another reason why it's worth holding on to him but he had 27 minutes on february 18th so 10 days later he had nine points he had one block zero steals but five assists and two rebounds so five assists kind of nice Went three for three from the free throw line, so that's nice. Uh, again, zero threes on three attempts, and 33% from the field. So, oof, uh, no threes, hurting your field goal. Didn't really help you in rebounds that night. Ohm didn't get any steals and only one block. Now, these are small sample size. These are just one games. But the point I'm trying to make is I'm, 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 I'm trying to look at where his average comes up on the nights where he's playing larger minutes and at best he's getting 20 minutes here 20 minutes there uh, i'm trying to look at his couple he has a couple games where he scored 17 points 10 points 10 points 17 10 10 13 12 i'm just looking through the game log here so there's nights where he scores double digits uh in the points and then the blocks it seems like um you know if i if i grab an average of just this kind of the last few weeks um he's got so from january 30th till now those averages are uh let's see here six six points a game just under a block a game 0 0.9 0 0.9 steals so one and one which is actually pretty nice i'd like to have that from a shooting guard um free throw percentage is is at 72 percent um 0.33s so i just don't think he's hitting those threes you'd think a shooting guard i, would, I mean not that every shooting guard should i mean look at demar Derozan; he doesn't hit threes and he's wonderful but i'm looking at uh, taylor horton tucker thinking that guy should hit threes he should be a three and d and he ain't hitting those threes and his field goal percentage is at 42 percent from january so looking at bryce's roster i mean it's okay to have a streaming spot or two or a project or two uh, but I honestly think it's time to cut bait on Taylor Horton Tucker. I'd rather have Matisse Thibel, to be honest with you. The defensive stats are better, and I think there's more upside, but that's just me. Bryce has his opinion. Um, if I look at his roster real quick, I am a little worried about those streaming spots. You've got Taylor Horton Tucker, who's a project. Nearlands Noel, it's a streaming spot. Sadiq Bay, a project. And uh, maybe that's it. So you've got three. 
And I think that a team with as much talent as he has can probably afford to have two or three. But um, I don't know if these are the right ones. But that's his opinion. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, we'll see how it ends up for him. Maybe I got egg on my face next season and he's just rocking it. Um, but I just don't see it. Um, but that's okay. You're allowed to have a couple projects and certainly could be worse than, than Taylor Horton Tucker. And he's getting you those defensive stats with some regularity. So that's that's helpful. Um, the last thing I had talked to Ben about or having Ben discuss would be kind of the road so far um, for the Yelming Dynasty, the season up till now. Um, so if I look at, um, let's go back to week one. I'm not going to go through like everything too hardcore here, but it looks like week one you got off to a, a rough start, losing 4-3 to Keyboard Cat. So they tied a category, uh, actually two categories, and you only got three wins. So starting out with three wins is, is as bad as losing 6-3. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't so bad because you only lost by one to Ed, but you only got three wins. So that's kind of a rough start. Week two, 7-2 uh, loss to the Rainbow Riders. Um, so now you're only at five wins for the season, which is like the best win you could ask for if you won one week at 5-4. And after two weeks, you got five wins. So that's not looking good. Three, week three, uh, seven, two win over the Flying Hellfish. So maybe we're back on track. Week four, a seven, two loss to Avatar on Blu-ray. So again, three three out of the four weeks we've lost. Week five, uh, one, a win over the Pride at six, three. So that's good. So it's kind of ping-ponging back and forth. Uh, a loss to the Flock, five, four in week six. Week 7, uh, we've got a, a loss to the Highlanders at 6-3. In week 8, um, a loss to the Goats, 5-4. Week 9, a win over winning 8-to-do at 5-4. Last week, um, the Yao Ming Dynasty beat Boom Shakalaka 8-1, and that's what needed to happen. He needed an 8-1 win to have any shot at the playoffs. It was starting to look pretty grim, even though he was kind of scraping together just enough to stay stay in it, you know, six games back, five games back. This now put him, like, one game back. So that one win just – and that shows how tight things are. A lot of teams are struggling this year. And if he starts firing on all cylinders and and get, gets enough momentum moving into the playoffs, then – you know, it's anybody's race. So as long as he can punch his ticket to the dance, then he might he might want to run away with a fourth title if everybody gets healthy and, and all cylinders fire at the right time. So uh, that's my two cents on on Marvin Bagley, Kawhi Leonard, and Taylor Horton Tucker, and a little look at what the season has been so far for the um, Yaoming Dynasty. And uh, up next we have uh, a conversation with one Taylor Gohagen, uh, re regarding the, uh, the the kind of the last pieces of the roster and and how what what we think maybe of the of the road ahead for the Yaming Dynasty. So uh, let's go ahead and get Taylor on the phone. All right, we are blessed to have the general manager of the Rocky Mountain Goats with us, Mr. Taylor Gohagen. Taylor, how are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. All right, so Taylor, uh, Taylor's little assignment that I had given, um, I don't have it in front of me anymore. I did a minute ago. Can, can you remind me? What are we talking about here? I can. I was given a few things to look at. Uh, so it was four players, Kyrie Irving, Toby Harris, Porzingis, Horford, 
and then uh, talk a little bit about the road ahead and Bryce's future, uh, both this season and moving forward. Oof! Um, what an assignment. Let's get let's get our hands uh, yeah. dirty. Um, so uh, you, the floor is yours. We don't have to like start like in at Kyrie. We can. Um, but how, how? What do you What do you want to discuss here with these guys? So I pulled up his team, and I, I enjoy using Basketball Monster. So I pulled it up to see where they were at, and. All the players are ranked really good. Irving's nine. Toby Harris is twenty-seven. Porzingis is twenty-eight, uh, and Horford's sixty-two. So they're all pretty high. But when you go to totals, then they drop a bunch. Right. Kyrie Irving drops to twenty-five. Uh, Porzingis drops to one eighteen. Horford's at a hundred. And so I think it's just a, a big case of being injury prone and not playing as much as they were projected to. Right. I think that's killing his team. Right, and that was kind of a, a, a common thread we talked about with Benson um, was just, you know, with some risk involved with like guys like Kemba Walker and Oladipo that Benson talked about. So tell me, talk to me about Kyrie and, and, and uh, Horford and Porzingis and, and maybe some of, the, uh, some of the risk there. So that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like Ben Fred's team who took this risk of injury-prone players, but he got them when they were injured at a discount, and now he's reaping the benefits. Uh, Bryce has kind of built his team on these players who have high ceilings, but because of their injury history, it's, you have a chance of season like this where it's not quite come together. But um, now Kyrie Irving, I, I wouldn't be super worried about him if I owned him. He's going to be missing a few games here and there, but overall I think he'd be great because he doesn't hurt you in any category. But no. He's really good in a lot. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's awesome. Awesome to have when he's playing. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. And I think it's good that they have um, James Harden there. He's more likely to play out the season. His projected rank by Basketball Monster is 23. And I think that's probably, probably pretty accurate factoring in the risk. I think if you were guaranteed games, you'd be higher than that. Oh, but sure. I think that's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, a 9 I think is a little high. I mean, he was what, like the 6th ranked player last year or something like that? Yeah. So I mean, he's got he's got top five, you know, ceiling, but I think his floor is somewhere around twelve to fifteen. Um, and then if he, you know, if he misses a lot of time, then you're then you're talking about a top thirty, top forty player. But even a top thirty, forty player is going to really help your team. So even if he misses time, he's great to have. Um, it's just that you want that top ten value every night if you can get it. <laughs> right. It's hard when you're playing a week. And you might only have three games, and you're thinking, oh, he's probably going to be out one of them. So you really only have two games from him. That could be tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then with uh, with Toby Harris, I feel like, so he's had a bounce-back season. He's ranked 27. Uh, for totals, he's ranked 23, and he's projected to be 37 at okay. the end. It's funny how they do that. Like, I don't know where they get the 37. If he's 23 and 27, you think he'd stay <laughs> in that range. But, no, let's just give him 37. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like they, um, they did a pretty good job of projecting minutes per stats, and so, um, yeah, they they can be slow to change sometimes. I'm not going to tell but Josh I, Lloyd how to how to give those rankings. All right, I'll leave that. You're right. Yeah, I'll let him and all those other mathematicians that do it take over. That's right. But no, I I feel like Toby Harris is a player that everybody likes, but nobody wants to pay top fifty for. And so I think Bryce is probably going to be stuck with him, just writing him out because his actual value will be higher than his perceived value. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, if you're Especially. stuck with the top thirty player, there could be worse things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You could have Taylor Horton Tucker, you know. Yeah, you could be stuck with Taylor Horton Tucker <laughs> with no way of dropping him and moving on. Right. He's got the old. Uh, oh, what's it called? The. Uh, who was the guy on for most of the season? I was scared to drop. Troy Brown Jr. No, no, no. That I own. Oh, he's got his own little Pokachevsky. Pokachevsky, that's who it was. That's his, that's his Pokachevsky. Yeah, yeah. He's got his. Everyone's got their Pokachevsky. You know, mine's Goga Batadze. Somehow, <laughs> somehow they're all white European players, um, except for Taylor Horton Tucker. But yeah, everyone's got one. You know, we're allowed to have one. You know. Yep, it's fun to have. You know, the guy you're most excited to see at the end of your bench. It's it's easier to have in my position at the end of the uh, league. Who cares? At, like I know I'm not winning, so it's like yeah, I can hold on Goga as long as I want. Uh, but like if you're trying to get into the playoffs, like you might want to move on from Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see he's only a game out of the playoffs. I thought Bryce was further down based on how poor he's played so far. Yeah. So the only big game out is is well, I just kind I just positive. Yeah. Prior to getting you on the phone, I actually just went through his week by week win loss, and it was kind of back and forth for a while. But last week, winning eight one against Jordan is exactly what he needed to like jumpstart this thing in this, for the second half of the season. Like he need he needed that eight one win to 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 jockey himself into position to be competitive. He did. And if he's being honest with himself, I mean, that's, it's a very injured Jordan. So it's not really an eight one, but right. I guess at some point you take whatever you can get to climb up the standings. You got to climb up the standings. Hope that, hope that your guys get healthy and that you can, you can get into the playoffs with a healthy team. Like if you can kind of yeah. limp in and then everybody gets healthy, then who cares how the first half of the season went if you're healthy getting in. It's true. That's all it takes. So, I don't know. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on uh, on uh, on Porzingis though? Some, that was his case. When I looked at all the names, he was kind of the most controversial in my mind. Just, he is. He's been the worst player on his team for the past two weeks. Uh, worse than Taylor Horton Tucker, and worse than anybody else on his team. Is that because but, of uh, just not playing, or, or or statistically speaking? It looks like. Um, Mostly just not playing. Okay. He's only played two games. He's played pretty... Eh, he's played decent. Um, 17.7 rebounds with a three and a half and a couple blocks. Yeah, so but, pretty good. But if you're getting 17 and 7 on two out of eight games or whatever it is, I don't know what the possibility was. <sighs> right. Then, okay, great. He helped you two nights, but six nights you were left with a goose egg and you're yeah. lucky you beat Jordan 8-1. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what? with with Chris Stapps, I I've always been a huge fan. I like him a lot. Yeah, I like you know big guys who are good at free throw. Um, it doesn't bother me that he doesn't rebound that well because I like that he blocks and hits threes. And so I think I'm looking through him with rose colored glasses right. whenever I talk about him. I love I love Porzingis too. I I, yeah. I think I, I mean he's the, he's a unicorn. I mean what he's giving you just about everything. Yeah. Um, and he genuinely loves basketball. He's got a high IQ. I think those type of guys I trust. Um, he's ranked 28 per game, but 118 total. I mean, he's projected to be ranked 15 the rest of the season. So they, I mean, he's so fantasy friendly that it doesn't take much. It just takes playing. And I think the hope you have is the longer it gets away from that ACL injury that he plays more and more. Yeah. But it seems like there's always something, you know? 
And and the great thing about Porzingis is he kind of also looks like Ivan Drago from Rocky, and he uh, he, he kind of has that uh, that 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 lean, tough build, and he doesn't he looks very serious. So uh, you know, and it's perfect because Bryce is like the villain of the league. So you know, give give uh, give give Drago to Bryce. I love it. Oh yeah, it fits. It fits. It fits. I don't know how Yao Ming would feel about that, but the idea makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, Yao Ming, who knows what he thinks about anything. I, I would love to get uh, some commentary or reports or articles that he's written lately, uh, or if that is a thing. Um, anyways. But uh, I, th- I think that we've touched on most of the players that we talked to. Kyrie, right, Tobias. was the last one there. Horford, that's right, Horford. He's, he's a bit of a, I mean, he's, I don't know how old he's, how old is he? Do we have that? I got a computer in front of me. I can find out. Um, and I can also edit out any dead air we need to, so... He is 34. Okay, so I thought he was older than that, so 34 is actually... I mean, that's like Kyle Lowry. I mean... And yeah. He, he's not like an athletic guy. He kind of just, like, hangs out in the key, and so I don't know how, how much he relies on, on his body. I mean, he gets up and down the court, and but he kind of just pops threes and, and rebounds the ball, so... Uh, it seems like someone who will not age well because he's always played up a position, so he's gotten beat up more and more. Well, that's so true. His body's always taking a toll. That's true. And so I kind of like with Lowry, except even more so, I was expecting the legs and wheels to fall off of him. Yeah. Um, the legs and the wheels. And the, both. Both. And so he's probably going to get traded from the Thunder in the next month or two, whatever the trade deadline is. And that and could be a real negative. Cause, like, like that if would be he, huge negative. I don't know what the where he's going to go, but I would imagine that he's probably going to go to a contender of some sort. I mean, if he goes to like Los Angeles, like the Lakers, that could be great because Marcus All ain't giving them a whole lot, you know. I, I think that's a good comp though. I think it could be kind of like when Marcus All got traded and went to split time as a backup somewhere. Yeah, I think that's probably what will happen. So you go from being, you know, between sixty and hundred to probably between one fifty and two hundred ranked. You think you think it could be that bad, one fifty to two hundred? I think so. He, the minutes aren't going to be more than 22, 24 once he's uh, traded. Yeah, I could see like anywhere from like 80 to 120, but I mean like... So he's playing 28 minutes now. Yeah. And he's averaging 12 and 6. So like what's going to happen when he's playing When you drop 20 minutes, minutes again. Yeah, like we're hoping for like... Like if he's getting 12 and 6, like we were hoping for 10 and 5. Yeah. Jeez. Um, well, um, so he, and that brings up a point too that last year and this year, Toby Harris and Horford had huge jumps up. So the fact that those guys are so much better than they were last year and his team still is in the playoffs, it, uh, it shows how vulnerable his team is compared to what we thought it might be going into the season. Right. Yeah, he's uh, his whole team's interesting. Every player, like you can have a pretty long discussion about. I I feel like you just t- take a player and it's like, oh, let's dissect it. Like it's very contra- like a very hot button players. Um, but Horford Horford is a great player. I've I've wanted I wanted him for years. I coveted Horford, but I think that that he's just a guy that's just gonna die on the Yummy Dynasty. I don't think he'll ever get the value he wants for him. Yep, agreed. Um, what do you think about the road ahead? So, um, all the projections and numbers like him, they got him as the fifth best team moving forward. Uh, there's a tool where you can do advanced projections where you, it like takes into account games played and things like that. And yeah. that has him number two in the league. Hmm. 
Uh, granted, a lot of that is per game, which his team excels at, not necessarily total value. Right. But um, I think health is the biggest key. He's only game out of the playoffs, and he's trending up. So I think he's got a good chance of making the playoffs, and he's not a team I would want to face. Yeah, especially um, if healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I looked at his team. He's got four categories he's pretty good at, and uh, turnovers, free throw, blocks, and rebounds. So basically big men categories. Um, and a couple guys at the bottom of his bench drag down a few of the other categories. But I put together some of the people he should target that fit his team best. Mm-hmm. And uh, guess who one of the top guys was? Uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was up there, but even ranked higher than him. It's Don- a guy who's already on Bryce's team earlier this season. I was going to say Dante DiVincenzo? Who do we got? The water boy, Chris Boucher. Ooh, that's uh-huh. a, that is a shame. If only he could have had him for free. Which he did have. <laughs> if only he didn't give him away for, for I don't know what he got out of that. Uh, wasn't it Horton Tucker? I mean, then I guess it paid off, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, League. What would you rather have? Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker or Chris Boucher? Shame, shame, Bryce. You should have <laughs> never dropped Chris Boucher, but uh, you can't live in the past, right? Nah, you just got to move on. I talked to Bryce about that earlier, and he was like, he was still standing by that decision. Just uh, He's like, well, I don't believe in Chris Boucher long term, and so I, uh, I'm okay with it. Well, Bryce but is it also. looks the- like the wrong move right now. Yeah, Bryce is also the type of guy where you could put two cups in front of him and say one of these is water and the other one's poison. And then Bryce would drink the poison cup and say, I don't regret that. Like, <laughs> like he, he will stand by his decisions till literally the day he dies. It's true. So, good uh, on him. As far as, what's that? I said good on him. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Stubborn can be a good thing sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I was looking at the picks he has moving forward. He's got, yeah, he's got uh, some good three picks. going at 21 and then two for 22. Yeah, and two of those are guaranteed to be lottery in my 21 and my 22. Yeah, and uh, although you got to turn that around by 23, is that when I bet that you'd make the playoffs again? Uh, you wagered because if, if I win, you get 14 lunches, I believe. Yeah, that's, you're getting 14 to one off, Listen, you just take it. By 23, I'll have LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton year three. Um, yep. I'll have Jonathan Isaac one year after coming back. Uh, so year two after the surgery. Uh-huh. I'll have whatever I get out of this draft going into their sophomore years. Um, so that would be tasty. Plus, plus you got like the guys like you got like your Wendell Carters, your Dante DiVincenzo's if they pans that pan out and get even better. Guys like Goga if they get minutes in two years. You know, my team could be pretty good in two years. I don't know. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for those fourteen lunches. Um, I, nothing would make me happier than seeing him pay up 14 times because he thought my team was that bad. Like, wow, I still have to buy these lunches? Jeez, I really thought Dallin's team was bad. I was wrong. But he And then just each lunch, it's a reminder of how wrong he was. Right. It's like, no, how dare you? How dare you speak so poorly of my team? Uh, no, I'm on track. Things are going well. Um, I hope to, I hope to, hope to give that to you, Taylor. You deserve it. Would you rather have uh, your four picks or his three picks going into this year? Oh, I don't know. Right now, I got a gar- He's got a guaranteed pick in mine. I think all yeah. of mine are question questionable. Like 
Brandon yep. is out right now. It looks like he's got a tough road ahead to get back in because everyone's playing hot. So I might have one lottery pick there, but even Brandon's team's good enough to fight back in. Um, and then Ed, he's hurt. He's fallen, but uh, he's when healthy, he's awesome. He's shown that. So, mm-hmm. And then I've got Ben Frederick and freaking uh, Super Zombies up at like two and three in the league right now. So it's like, yeah, four picks is great, but if I don't get any lottery picks out of it and Bryce gets two with mine and Benson's, then I would much rather have Bryce's three, uh, which kills me to say, but just being yeah. honest. But like, if you had the if you had the choice to swap them, would you do it? If I would, would I swap all four of mine for his three? Yeah. No, uh, I I'll, I'll I I think there's still a good chance I end up with two. I think there's a lot of competition getting in. Like, you're in now. Bram is in. Bryce is knocking on the door. I think Jordan's team will bounce back. And there's going to be a lot of competition to get in. And I just hope that Ed's team keeps falling. Brandon's team stays where it's at. And there's two. Dream scenario, Benson makes the playoffs. Somehow, one of Ben Frederick and or Ben L drop out. And then Bryce only gets one pick and I get three. Uh, that yeah. would be that's dream scenario, but that's also very. And it's lofty. also tight. It's, it's very possible. lofty. It's 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 some possible, but not really. It's it, I think this point I'm I'm looking at best case scenario two lottery picks. Um, dream scenario again. Benson gets in and denies Bryce that that second lottery pick, but uh, it's I don't know. It's looking tough for the flock. I don't know. It's only what nine games to separate two to six. Yeah, it's, that's not that much. It's, that's it's, that's a one week swing. That is, a, if that's the case, then maybe there's some hope for me. Um, yeah, I, I think four is better than three, right? I got to hold on to my four. I would think so. Well, especially yeah. in your position, just the volume helps. More swings of the bat. I mean, like Halliburton was the fifth pick, and he panned out. He's he's panning out. So, or fourth pick. I mean, you had the fifth pick. But, yeah. I mean, even if I end up with, like, the fourth pick and then the eighth pick and then 10 and 13, like, I'd rather have – that's pretty good. Like, I'll take that. So What we need to do is collude as a group to not trade any – for any of Bryce's four picks or three – is it three picks? Three picks. That way he has to just start dropping people and carrying these young rookies that aren't going to help that much. Right. Right. Don't don't well and also don't trade Bryce any more picks going forward. I'm the guilt I'm the most guilty of the group. I've given him two lottery picks in the next two years. You know which you know how much that keeps me up at night? Thinking that I'm the person that's done this to the league. Like if Bryce ends up with Cade Cunningham on his team, like, like oh. forget it. I'm done. That's gonna Yeah, that's that's hard to sit with. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow, so uh, I don't know, but hey, you know what? If he ends up with, with Cade Cunningham, I guess he was savvy enough to get the pick and hold on to it, and patient enough to hold on to it. So, whatever. Yeah, I would hate to see it, but <laughs> he's got to go to someone, I guess. Hey, Anthony hey, Edwards, yeah, though. Anthony Edwards, though, is starting to shape up. I was not high on him. I haven't been this season, but lately, I don't know. Especially with Malik Beasley getting that suspension, he's been looking the role. I'm I'm really optimistic. I was nervous in the beginning of the season just because uh, he was chucking a lot of shots and they weren't looking good. But I watched a few games. He, they're good-looking shots. And so uh, they're starting to fall. Hopefully they'll fall more. I'm optimistic that he could be a part of the uh, core moving forward. Yeah, that'd be great. So I, just I like need him. a little bit of youth. 
I, I just like, like him because he looks like a he looks like a skinny young Zach Randolph, and I think the the league has been hurting for some more of that. He's a big dude. There's no reason he should be playing the two. He's been playing the three or four. Yeah, I think he will be going forward. I mean, he's kind of got that. I don't think I don't think we'll ever see somebody with the physical tools that LeBron has go ever again. Right. But Anthony Edwards is the is the closest thing. Like he's got some really great physical tools. Well, yeah, yep. No, I think that's well said. Yes. It's not that skilled, but it's that size and speed. And so, plus, once he plays up, more blocks and rebounds will follow. So, I, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I like him. As you should be. But yeah. but this is not the GOAT segment. This is the Yao Ming Dynasty. We got carried away. We got carried away. But is there anything else you want to add on the Yao Ming Dynasty on any of the players that you didn't talk about? Any players you did talk about or the road ahead? Um, looking at his team, seeing his window, um, I think a lot of the guys won't age particularly well because they, they were kind of B stars that uh, were on the upswing, like you know Jimmy Butler, Horford, Toby Harris, a lot of those guys. And I feel like those ones don't generally age well. Kemba Walker is one of them. Yeah. So I think his window might be a little more narrow than we think, depending on what happens in next year in this draft. Right. He's if got he this draft. It could prolong a lot. Yeah, if he's he's re- he's really got to hit some gold on this draft because if he doesn't, then those those four to five guys that the window might be closing in the next couple of years, they start to fall off, and you don't pick up anything in the draft. I don't think Marvin Bagley's giving you a future, you know, not one you can build around. So yeah, uh, I would be a little worried. So this draft is is actually quite critical for the Yao Ming dynasty. So we'll see what happens. It is. Him. If he gets like Cade Cunningham and like Jalen Green, then forget it. I mean, he's going to be competitive for the next 10 years like he intended. But, you know, he, you know, if he doesn't get those guys, he gets the guys that don't pan out. You, you take a risk on a guy like Z- like Zaire Williams. Uh, I don't know. Who knows what that'll be. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny how quickly the teams can change. But with those three picks, it gives a lot of flexibility. Yeah, unfortunately. Thankfully, though, it's looking like Taylor or Trevor might be the number fourteen pick, uh, or up there in that neighborhood. He's got a pretty good grasp on it. I don't yeah. think he's letting go anytime soon. Not, not. He's getting that bye week. He's getting one or two. Um, and you know better than anybody that bye week is huge, and that'll set him up for a nice little playoff push and. He's got as good of a shot at the title as anybody right now. So uh, that pick might be uh, not that helpful to the Yuming Dynasty. But, you know, I'm just hoping Benson makes the playoffs. Uh, not rooting against Bryce, but, uh, like, his team is so good. The last thing we need is for his team to get even better. Um, <laughs> I just want I just want to be able to win one of these days. So I'm um, rooting for myself um, with that. But anyways, I appreciate you taking time out of your night. Oh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Good, good. We'll look forward yeah, to. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's. I, I always wonder what it's like for you, uh, like a guest, like a call in guest. You only got twenty minutes of the show, and there's it's going to be like a two hour show. You know, it's going to be like an hour and a half, hour forty five. There's so many mystery nuggets for you still coming. But oh yeah, you get to listen and hear what everybody else said about Bryce's team. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, well, you won't hear Ben Levitt's comments because, uh, like a coward, he backed out. Uh, oh, but you will hear that bad PR splashing back on. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's super zombies. They get up to the second in the league and they think they don't have time for anybody anymore. So yeah, that's okay. You know, 
Um, you'll hear you'll hear Benson's uh, thoughts because the flock at the uh, at the bottom of the totem pole they're trying to they're trying to do anything they can to get some uh, some some uh, marketing in. So, uh, plus, is there anybody better equipped to talk about Bryce's team than the old flock? No, he was he was first on the speed dial for this for this episode. I was like Benson, I'm talking about the flock. You want to you got you got some bullets in the chamber? He was like, oh, I'm ready. So. Anyways, all right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the pod. Um, I do appreciate you taking time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll talk to you later. Right. See ya. Bye. Well, there you go. Yaming Dynasty in a nutshell, or a 40, 55 minute nutshell. That is. Uh, I have nothing else to add. So, in no shame, shame. We know your name submissions. So, with that, I leave you. The clarity of our voices today have been brought to you by Desert Storm. So she's hot. Oh, she's gorgeous. Then she's crazy. No, she's not. There's no way she is above the line on the hot crazy scale. She's not even on the hot crazy scale. She's just hot. Wait, hot crazy scale? Let me illustrate. A girl is allowed to be crazy as long as she is equally hot. Thus, if she's this crazy, she has to be this hot. If she's this crazy, she has to be this hot. You want the girl to be above this line, also known as the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. This girl I dated, she played jump rope with that line. She'd shave her head, then lose 10 pounds. She'd stab me with a fork, then get a boob job. I should give her a call. I-